fucks up everything. The Blues dropped a disappointing game to the Philadelphia Flyers, but have generally been pretty good lately, which means it's one of those weird episodes where we don't have anything to say. Just kidding, we've always got lots to say, even if it doesn't make any sense. So let's get Blues and let's go started. It is Friday, January 17th. Ooh, didn't feel like a Friday. No? Felt like a Saturday. That's good. Unless you just skipped work, which mm-hmm. is very bad for mm-hmm. you. And uh, we are here in our rainy, but not frozen studios in a place that is not anywhere near St. Louis, let me tell mm. you that. Just because St. Louis also happens to be rainy and not frozen. You know, that doesn't mean that's where we are. We're from the place where they make Kerrygold butter. Because why not? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's a, it's a kind of butter. One of my friends really likes it. Oh, uh, I only know about country crock. <laughs> you think this is butter? It's a crock. Um, <laughs> how's it going, Ian? How are you doing today? It's going well. Very one outside. It Stayed is. home and worked from home. I today. might say a word that in, begins with M and ends with oist, but I hear people don't mm. like to hear about maloist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an awful word. Okay. I mean, you can use it to describe cake, perhaps. Mm. But even then, it makes it sound like you dropped your cake in a puddle. Yeah, yeah. I'm down with never i'm just down with banning it from the english language how about wet cake <laughs> you want some wet cake <laughs> uh where do you want to start today we've uh we've got some hockey to cover feels like these games were kind of i don't feels like there's more to say about the philly game not just because it's a loss but mostly because it's a loss mm-hmm. that um rangers game granted because we recorded the episode on saturday and then put it up on sunday we're technically traveling back in time mm-hmm. but uh that rangers game feels like a long time ago so why don't we just dive in right there mm-hmm. david perron was named the last man into the uh, Central Division's all-star team on right before this game. Mm. Great job, everyone who participated well in our done. fan base. I did actually vote for once, which, you know, I would never do in a, in a municipal election, but I would <laughs> do in an NHL all-star election. So. <laughs> so important. Yeah, I'm executing my suffrage rights. No, I am really glad for him. I think he deserved it. His mm-hmm. numbers bear out that he deserves it. And it's in his adopted hometown to which he's come back time and time again. Yeah, he's a point per game player right now. Uh, he's he's Mister St. Louis Blue in a mm-hmm. way that some players just aren't, and that, like you said, he just keeps coming back and he loves it here. And we talked about it in the um, the decade all decade team. He might love this city more than the city loves him. So, <laughs> uh, you know, good for him. I think who was it? T.J. Oshie got in for the Metro Division. Mm-hmm. Quinn Hughes for the Pacific and Mitch Marner for the Atlantic. I mean, T.J. Oshie, great. The other two, that's fine. I mean, they're they're very good players. Obviously, a bundle of fun. Yeah, Uh, yeah. um, Have you seen the All Star Game ice? No. It is nice, but the the all of it's fine. But the blue lines, 
you need to check those babies mm. out. They're like, they got little horns in them yeah. or whatever. Very did nice. Did we talk about the, the all- sweaters? Yeah, did no, we talk we about those last week? Because those happened on Saturday, I think, oh, okay. or Sunday. Uh, mixed. I, I was okay on them, mm. and then I was like, these are good, and then I was like, I'm not sure again, and now I'm kind of like, hard pass. I'm giving them a real hard, dry heave. That's... <laughs> 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 Uh, they lack something, namely color. I uh-huh. think the big thing is color. When you put them all around each other, you see all the different teams and their logos and their primary color being used for their logo. They're really kind of cool. It's a nice mm-hmm. little rainbow effect. And so maybe on the ice they will look better like that, but separately I think they look awful. Yeah, and some of them look better than others, mm-hmm. I think, too. Well, that's the thing. So a team like Vegas, who has gold as their color or even a kind of light yellow uh-huh. it looks real weird on those jerseys especially on like the white jerseys yeah. it's like it's completely washed out whereas the capitals i'm looking at right now look mm-hmm. pretty good especially on the darker jerseys mm-hmm. and it's weird too because like some of them look better on the white ones some of them look better on the dark ones that dark capitals looks pretty good yeah but the whole i mean the idea of using the music bar is fine the music scroll but Mm -hmm. as greg washinsky i think has pointed out if you want to tie it to the community there's a pretty iconic landmark (laughs) in the community that you might have been able to use and you know position the logos underneath or something Mm and uh uh yeah i don't know it's 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 it strikes me as the sort of thing where adidas didn't give it a lot of thought Mm -hmm. and they were kind of like we need something music it strikes me that the nhl doesn't give the all-star game a lot of thought yeah (laughs) it just kind of keeps happening and they're like do you enjoy it and people go no and they go well kudos to them for doing the three-on-three women's tournament i'm excited Mm -hmm. for that or not tournament but game uh that should be good uh not the opposite of kudos to them reprimands for them (laughs) for doing the stupid uh shooting from the arena gambit that'd be kind of cool if like the players then had to like interact with the fans right around them, you know, or whatever. But that would be, wouldn't be great. No. NHL players well, that's not true. great yeah, with that's people. True. That's true. So that's going to be a total mess. I mean, it looks cool in an empty arena, and I guess it'll be kind of interesting to see them like lower the nets or whatever, and like mm-hmm. figure out how to set all that up. But it's just I don't know. Feels like a a stretch. Does it feel like? Um... I just, I mean, it feels like to me, like, I just want this to be over. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of, like, yeah, I mean, it's, all-star gamed out. The only, I mean, the only event, other than the Winter Classic, I, I'm more excited to see the draft come to St. Louis, because mm. I'll go to that. And that's nerdy and lame. I'm not denying that. Like, I'll be the first to admit, right? But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just, uh, I, we're here. It'll be fun. I'm glad. You know, mm-hmm. if Steve Dangle does an event, we'll go to that. He's claimed he might. So that'd be great. We'll get him on the podcast. We'll get him on the podcast. Long time listener, first time podcast talker. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm ready to be, I'm ready for trade deadline. I'm ready to be yeah, let's it. Yeah, let's get past this so we can get to like the real fun hockey. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so the Rangers uh, and Blues opened a game. Uh, Philip Chittle, Cheadle, I've never really felt comfortable. <laughs> Uh, I believe it's Shittle. It's not. He uh, <laughs> he opened the scoring here with his 11th goal, Ryan Lingritz, 
and uh, Artemi Panarin on the assist. Philip Chittle enters the blue zone and shoots the puck from the top to the left circle. Petrangelo gets a stick on it, causing it to flutter, and Bennington misreads it, allowing it to go under his glove and over his left bat. Stephen, would you care to guess what assist that was? What number assist that was for Artemi Panarin? This year on the New York Rangers. I feel like it's he, he's on the Rangers. Is he not? He's not like a Cy Young guy, though. Oh, more goals and assists? Right. No, no he's a, like a more playmaking type, right? So I'm going to say... Generally speaking. 27? I want to make sure I'm right because I think I remember it. Stephen, on the New York Rangers, this is Artemi Panarin's... 38th assist. What? <laughs> yeah. I think he's the only one who makes assists on that team. <laughs> His 38th assist. Does anyone else have assists on that team? I wonder if I'm going to look up if anyone else is over 20 assists. How is that possible? I mean, Ryan Lindgren's only got eight. That's right. And I've never heard of him, but he mm-hmm. only has eight. I I didn't know Artem Panarin was doing as well as he is. Panarin has. Sixty-eight points mm-hmm. in forty-six games. Oh my god! Great signing, New York. I mean, you're not doing especially well, but great signing. Ryan Strom, the Ryan mm-hmm. Strom, has forty-two points in forty-six games. Oh wow! And Anthony D'Angelo has twenty-five, and Adam Fox, who Adam Fox is my boy, sneak tip, great rookie. He got fantasy drafts next year. You know, dynasty mm-hmm. teams that he hadn't been picked up in, go snatch him. But, uh, yeah, that is crazy. 38 seems impossible. How many does O'Reilly have? Uh, I have it right in front of me. O'Reilly has 32. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Rangers took control early. I I don't know. I never felt like this game was an idiot. No, no. Uh, Bobby Bortz, 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 gets his first goal of the season. Uh, so he did get a suspension before he got a goal. Good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barbashev, Barb, Barb, Barb gets the primary assist, and Petrangelo, it won't work, gets the other assist, too. To his credit, has 24 assists at the time of this goal, and will add more. Let's see how high he climbs. Uh, this was a, a Bobby Bortuzzo breakaway coming out of the penalty box, his home. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he did it on purpose, yeah. Stephen. He took the penalty as a strategic advantage. And this was, uh, how you say, not a good look for King, Hunt, like King Henrik, which mm-hmm. it's not easy for King Henrik to look bad. But he did here. Yeah. Uh, not great. But hey, sports, sports, sports. <laughs> we get a goal. Uh, Dunn scored his seventh of the season, assisted by Zach Samford. A few minutes later, eight, nine minutes later, Samford protects the puck along the right boards and then breaks from the boards and heads back into the open ice and then passes the puck to Dunn. But Dunn pinches into the zone. Dunn takes a shot from the left side and beats Lundquist the same way. Was this the really pretty Sanford assist that happened this week, or was that in the du- no? That was mm. that was here, right? I don't know if this oh, was, was that a... in the Ducks game. That was in the Ducks game, I think, because we were there. Um, Peron. It might happen later this game, actually. Continue. Now you're throwing me for all kinds <laughs> of loops. Uh, Peron. Uh, we'll talk about it whenever. It happens. <laughs> 
I'm looking ahead. It didn't happen in the Ducks game. So it must have been that one. One of these two. We'll talk about... Just remind me to come back to Zach Sanford at the end of this game. Would you please? Perron uh, gets his first 20th of the season. His first 20th goal of the season. Uh, and team leading 90 20th seconds goal. into the... He's leading the team with 20. I guess that makes mm-hmm. sense. There's no Tarasenko. Somebody's got to score 40. You're the Brad boys. Congratulations. <laughs> what do you think he finishes with? Can you imagine if he gets... What's Tarasenko hit? 40, he's at 40. He's Brad at 40, boys he... is the most goals in like the last 10 plus years at 43. Can you imagine if Dave Prom breaks... The Brad Boys uh, ceiling before Tarasenko does. That'd be, that'd be a little humorous. That'd be kind of fun. Um, i enjoy that. If he's sitting at 20 right now and he didn't score any more this week, and we get to, like, what is that, 48 games, I bet he gets How many 35. games do we have right now? 48? Yeah. I bet he scores 35. So, um... You doing quick math? Oh boy, the gears are turning. <laughs> okay, 20 over 48 is X over 82. That'd be 82 times. I always have, I know how to do this, and yeah. then I think about it, and that's where the you, trouble You starts. thought too hard. You thought too 34 hard. 34 goals. He's See, I was right on. So, uh, yeah. Give him Even 35. if he breaks 30, like, how are you going to be mad about David Braun just hitting the sneak tip 30? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I'll get past that. Brett Howden uh, scores nine minutes into this period, his sixth goal of the uh, season, assisted by Philip Chittle and Pavel Buchnevich. Thanks for having a lot of easy names to pronounce, Rangers. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that your star goalie of the future could be Shishjorkin or Shishjorkin <laughs> Oh yeah, or I'm glad they're not in our division. Oh, boy. Uh, Chittle retrieves the puck below the goal line, Fox and Bowmeister coverage on Chittle, leaving Howden wide open. Chittle makes a great pass that goes through both Blues defenders and Howden banks the puck home to Bennington's right for the goal. Then Sanford gets his goal ten minutes in, a few minutes after that, a minute and a half after that, uh, with assists from Jacob Delarose, who promptly got benched. Uh, <laughs> Ivan Barbashev, who's very, very good for young little Ivan Barbashev. Not anything like last year's, last year's, last year's <laughs> Ivan Barbashev. Uh, DLR takes a hit to make a play here, and when he gets the puck up the left boards to Samford while being sandwiched by a Ranger, Samford then dances the puck into the zone with a fancy toe drag, avoiding a poke check from D'Angelo. He passes the puck across the slot to Barbashev, who one times it back to him, and Samford for the one time goal. This was the one. Mm-hmm. You're correct. You're very he, smart. It was the fun assist he made for his own goal. Um,. Zach Sanford is probably, like, the new, maybe the new David Perron in some ways, on a lesser scale. Like, that, I'm talking, like, first-run David Perron. Yeah, which, like, which version Like, David the Perron. very, like, the before version the one, trade to Edmonton 1. David 0. Perron. Of, like, as maddening a player as I think we have on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. Because he is the total package, and he can never put it together. It's like if you did a puzzle and like every time you put one, like two jigsaw pieces together, like another one just popped off. <laughs> it seems like he's Ooh, it's e- popping off. <laughs> he's either a total defensive liability with high skill, or he's like a grinder who can't do anything in the offensive zone. And like I know a lot of people out there are like, why is he playing? And over Jordan Cairo, who, who we'll talk about, I don't exactly get it. But like you see a play like this, you see how good he was in the Stanley Cup Final, and then you're like, oh, I get it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I, I understand. But then he goes, he'll go for like 10 games where he doesn't do Jack and looks bad all, multiple times. And it's just kind of like eventually the Blues are going to have to decide what they're doing with some of those guys because they can't have 15 good forwards, NHL caliber forwards, you know? And if you can trade a Zach Sanford, or it doesn't have to be him, he's just who we're talking about. Clem uh, Costin, it's over. Clem Costin, or, you know, I don't think it's going to happen with like a Sunquist or Barbashev, but even one of those guys. If you trade them for like a second round pick or a decent prospect that's just farther away, mm-hmm. that's like a win for you. Cause Zach then, Sanford's my Tossin now. Oh, I mean, he's yeah, my, sure, you want to sure, get, sure, you want to sure. get things moving? <laughs> yeah, I, you put in a Zach Sanford on the end of that. I'm picking up the phone. Let me tell you, when we traded Kevin Shattenkirk, I had to have Zach Sanford. So now you got to have him. you got to take him. <laughs> Can you believe when he scored that fourth goal in the final, Doug Armstrong was up in his box and he's like, had to have him. And he was like, I told uh, you folks. How much do you think he was strutting? So much, I bet. You watching that, Kevin? Piece of shit. <laughs> You bald motherfucker. <laughs> like, you're bald too. Yeah, but mine's by choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Schwartz gets uh, his 15th here near the end of the game. Uh, Shin and Sunquist assist. Blues are up 5 2. Sorry, near the end of the period. The Blues are up 5 2. Nothing else happens. Uh, Dunn uh, and Truba at the end of this game, though, mm-hmm. get into quite a fracas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Truba takes some whacks and slashes at him about five or six times, and Dunn, who uh, has historically not been the most level-headed player in terms mm-hmm. of willingness to drop the gloves, uh, does drop them and starts a kerfuffle, as you put <laughs> it here. Um, Good for him. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't give him any... Um disciplinary action because Maybe normally they they really frown upon the end of the game shenanigans yeah they find truba i believe actually i was gonna say i think on this one they probably just watched it and were like yeah yeah maybe you don't like slash on that much time <laughs> and to dunn's credit like Five he tried to many. ignore it a couple times but some point you got to stand up for yourself mm-hmm. so the boys win five two uh truba is out of the division so good riddance uh Blues had 29 shots, 23 here, and 60% of the Corsi. It's all good. It's all well that ends well. This mm-hmm. just felt like a nice, clean 5-2 victory over a team you ought to beat. Yeah. And not a lot, not they a lot of They were very here. complimentary of the Blues in the post-game interviews. There was lots of stuff from uh, Lundqvist and a few of their other players saying, like, the Blues were just... A team that capitalized on yeah, all your mistakes. Yeah, let me find that Lundqvist quote. Yeah, quote it was because that was pretty. It was good. very complimentary. It was nice to hear. I mean, you don't want to pat yourself on the back too much, so it's nice when somebody else does it for once. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see, and I think this just is one of those games, like you said, it's a team you have to beat, it's a team you beat easily, and it just shows how good the Blues are when you compare them to. I'd say, you know, average team, below average team, that this is the outcome you would like to see on the regular. Mm. Uh, This is also just going to be funny when we talk about the Flyers game here in a minute. Uh, Longquist quote, you get pretty impressed when you watch them play because it's almost not a single play where they beat themselves. They're so patient. You might think that you're holding on to pucks, but they don't give us much in the middle and they just wait for our mistakes. They play very smart hockey, mature hockey. They just have one way to play. It doesn't matter if they're down or up a goal. They know when to chip in pucks. They know when to go to the net. It's just smartness. They win for a reason. I thought it was pretty impressive to see how poised they were all the time. 
which is cool. It's also what a weird, what a weird like job it must be to be like the veteran, like the you know superstar caliber veteran who's past his prime on a team that's past its prime or before its prime, mm-hmm. before its next prime, and the. For the foreign press, the <laughs> opposing team's press just has to come by and be like, how good do you think our team is? <laughs> but uh, that's a very gracious quote from him. And uh, yeah, I just, I mean, when we're at our best, that's exactly who we are. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a good game. Mm-hmm. Oscar Sundquist got a tattoo inside what looks to be his right elbow. Call that just says Gloria, very small print. So you know, good for mm-hmm. him. Was it in Swedish? Uh, no. Well, maybe. <laughs> that, how do you say Gloria, Gloria in Swedish? Because it might be. Um, Glorflugen. <laughs> that's probably it. Mm. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks came to the Enterprise Center on Monday, and so did both you and I. This mm. is the first game we've attended since Game One against the. Dallas Stars in last year's playoff and before that since a very long time. You would think people with a podcast would attend games more regularly together. Together, but no, we don't. We no. don't actually like each other that much. Strictly when, business. When the mics are off, we're a very, we've got a very uh, mad dog slash what's his name relationship. Mike yeah, when the mics are off. It's yeah. just business as usual. Uh, <laughs> mad dog. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Pavel Datsyuk's going to the Hall of Fame. Oh, did you say Datsu? <laughs> <laughs> Woof. Uh, I believe that's, that's my best speaking mad of dog. Speaking uh, Chris Russo, he has been on one this week with all the baseball hot takes he's got. He's not happy about the, you know, incredibly damning scandal that's ravaging <laughs> Major League Baseball right now. And I think he should be happy. Uh, Jake Allen gets the start here, as you point out. Nice to see him getting more chances in front of the home crowd. Mm-hmm. I think he got a soft first star, if I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> wow. He has not worked very hard in this game. But, you know. Wow. Good for him. Uh, Let him have the achievement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Link build up his confidence. And it does... It does feel like, and listen, he's had a phenomenal season, so no shot against him. Here it comes. (laughs) It does feel sometimes like we're all just walking on eggshells, like, let's only put him in games he can win, and let's give him a first star, and like, Darren Pang is always like, oh, Jake's great here, even in games where he's not so great. He's like, look at that huge save. It just feels like we're all pumping the tires, and I say, hey, if it works, go for it, Mm -hmm. you know? I say go for it. We're trying to get that value up, baby. Uh, the uh, scoring starts here in the first period. Alexander Steen scores, uh, 7.53, and this was a wide rebound out to him at the side, and he shot it in from an extreme angle with a mostly unguarded net, and it's a testament to how good John Gibson is that he got over and still got a part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it hits the top corner, and for us, even though we were basically, like, right behind him, uh, it took us all a minute. I, think, I thought it went know? off the crossbar. Yeah. <laughs> I thought for sure it did with how fast it came out. But it uh, it was in, and the Blues scored. Uh, it was one nothing. Max Comtois gets the Ducks' lone goal of the season, fifteen twenty three. And this was, uh, you know, this is the other side of Sanford. Bortuzzo tries to pass it to Sanford, uh, and he bobbles it and loses it to Comtois high in the Blues zone. Comtois takes a low chance shot. Allen's screened by three players, and the puck goes in five-hole. Yin and yang. <laughs> Zach Sanford. 
Zick and Zack, as they've always said. <laughs> he was a real Zick on that one. <laughs> Ooh, I don't like that. I don't like saying that. No, 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 no. I don't know why. But just, <laughs> I don't like calling someone good. a Zick. <laughs> Certainly uh, not. Okay, Tyler Bozak. <laughs> Zack, Zack, Zack. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> You can't get away from it. Uh, he scores his 11th goal of the season. Tyler Bozak deserves a little more love than he's been getting, I think. He's stepped up more probably than we're giving him credit for. He's got 24 points on the uh, year right now. But what's that? That's on pace for 40-some, right? I'm not doing that again. I know that much. I'll do it. Oh, no. I can do it. I can do it. It's 82 times 24, and we're... 48 games, mm-hmm. uh, that is on pace for 41 points on the button, which would not be a career high because of that one season that he like spiked in Toronto. But 41 points from your third center is fine. Yeah, one know? year he got uh, one year he got 49. Two years he got 49. One year he got 55. Yeah, that's the one. I knew it was 55. I just didn't want to say Hot it because I'm a coward. 55. Uh, but his 11th goal here, Thomas loses the puck high in the duck zone, but he circles back, strips it from Comtois, and backhands the puck to his left for McEachern, who proceeds to do the same for Bozak, who whips a wrister over Gibson right shoulder and into the net. Robert Thomas is elite. Uh, Jaden Schwartz so scores here on the power play in 941 into the third. His 16th goal, Shannon Petrangelo on the assists. Petrangelo passes the puck uh, across the ice to Shin after O'Reilly wins the faceoff. You said Schwartz definitely interferes oh, with yeah, 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 more yeah. on that. That's like a two-second count. <laughs> he literally holds, holds, him, holds him up as he's trying to get the puck. <laughs> and this is what we saw when all of a sudden Getzla was just screaming at the ref oh, okay. after the goal. And, <laughs> okay, and it was yeah, a real quick, that. It was a real quick uh, face-off win. It was a really quick goal. And I was like, what's he, what is there even to yell about? <laughs> other than maybe he thought the penalty that got called earlier was uh, shit. Yeah, and, which uh, it no. kind of was, right? Yeah. Wasn't that... I think it was like a, a crappy trip mm-hmm. that no one barely touched him or anyone barely touched him but yeah uh yeah for sure for sure uh, a penalty that they just let go but whatever you know <laughs> when you're the cup champs you know you get you get the calls get that's the calls. what they've always said about the blues is the refs are in their pocket yeah, so fuck you, one of them's Getzlav. even from st louis and the mafia took him out so he couldn't co- so he couldn't ref the all-star game but here we go petrangelo passed the puck across to shin shin schwartz Schwartz streaks towards the net. Shin hits him with a pass, and Schwartz tips the puck into the net behind Gibson. Easy for me to say. Um, and then the third period, really a microcosm of the travesty that is the uh, uh. Anaheim Ducks season. Ivan Barbashev technically gets the goal here. Uh, Gibson goes behind the net to collect the puck, but as he's returning to the crease, Lindholm tries to jump between Gibson and the net for reasons passing understanding. <laughs> he ends up hitting Gibson, thus preventing him from re-entering the net. Barbashev gains possession of the puck and tucks it in the net for the goal. Uh, Barbashev, his seventh goal of the season, just an absolute, uh, just not even reminiscent in any way of last year last year's last how many year's how many goals do you think barbershop will get uh, <laughs> we're just projecting all over the place today 13 13 13 mm. which would be a little more than he's on pace for so mm. i'm being very generous i'm gonna give him 15 oh goals. snap uh i don't know why i said that like that i'm gonna go crying <laughs> oh. <laughs> um blues 
in the game with 34 shots when Jake Allen's starting. Illuminati confirmed. Hot. Uh, the, the Ducks in the game with 21 shots when they're playing like Patrick Berglund. Um, Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> uh, uh, Illuminati's stretching a little there. I don't know there. why that came out like Berglund. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what um, was the whole player we had? Patrick Berglund. The Blues have... 11 high danger chances just at even strength and 67% of the Corsi. It was a butchering. Mm. Uh, Again, another game that you should win with by that score, and you did. Uh, eight straight win ties the home franchise record. Eight straight home win ties the franchise record. Mm. Surely we'll get a ninth, right? Mm. I, hate, I hate when they bring this shit up because I swear... I always it's feel like it never happens. It's only when you hear about it that mm. the opposite happens. I know that's probably just like confirmation bias, but really I'm just like, ugh. This is Jake Allen. Mm-hmm. It's a picture of him. It's signed. Maybe we'll give it away on Twitter sometime. Hint, hint. At two guys, no cup. Just saying. You're probably already following. One us, cup. So. We got one. God dang it. I'm still not used to it. I know, right? I had a message from a guy on the Hockey Writer Slack channel today because I'm high class and he was talking about, I edited one of his articles and just sent him a note and he was talking about like, thanks for your kind words. You're a blues writer, huh? Well, I grew up in Boston, so F you. He didn't say it like that, but he kind of did. And I was still, even a part of me was still like, but why? What did we do to Boston? What happened? And then I was like, oh yeah. Ian... It all came crashing down against the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm. You were there. Mm. Uh, the Flyers kept flying, but the Blues fell out of the sky. Would you like to talk us through this one? Sure, yeah. Um, before the game, Jordan Cairo reportedly told to get a permanent place of residence within St. Louis to move out of his East St. Louis apartment <laughs> complex or his hotel and into a nice place, probably, I don't know, let's guess wildly, in Valley Park. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> But to also, be fair, a sizable improvement for Oh, yeah, Lewis. no, for sure. I mean, he's got the nicest dumpster in Valley <laughs> Park. I wonder if one of them blues will ever uh, move into that weird high-rise in Twin Oaks at the oh, corner yeah. 141 no, in Big Ben. No, they, they will chance. not. No. I've been told that those places are trash. Oh, really? Okay, well, they're expensive, so, mm-hmm. you know. They've got that. There's they, a sauce on the side underneath them now. That was Twin fine. Oaks is really trying, and they're failing. No, 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 the nice thing is I bet one person knows where Twin Oaks is. That's right. Uh, po- po- people, folks at home, give us your spiciest Twin Oaks stick. Yeah. I had a German professor in, in high school because I didn't like having friends who... Uh, <laughs> Was very anti Twin Oaks, passionately what? so. Was he, was, was he anti Twin Oaks like you used to be anti Downtown, downtown West? Ah, uh, you borderline, yeah. Where he was like, I didn't think Twin Oaks exists. It's not really that, though. He like he knew it existed and he hated he wishes that it. it existed. He, yeah, he wished it didn't. <laughs> exactly. Why? Uh, because he lived just outside of Twin Oaks. Oh, and, and our high school there. was just outside of Twin Oaks. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, now you're getting a whole civics lesson. So this is why you listen to the Two Guys <laughs> One Cup podcast, ladies and gentlemen. But for those who don't know, Twin Oaks is a very, very small municipality that is like right at where Big Ben and 141 intersect. And uh, there's like a, they're literally just like two giant 
strip mall shopping centers and now a big high-rise complex and uh you know it's maybe like a neighborhood a couple or two on the other side of 141 Mm -hmm. and then like where your parents grew up that's not twin oaks right no which i'm people is like miles and miles from twin oaks never mind that's not close in any way i mean where uh, i grew up yeah yeah. they grew up uh right right. no i mean i wouldn't reveal the location of your childhood home so it's miles and miles from there it's not close at all but uh there's the neighborhood on the other side where that broadcaster lady was murdered that one time what and then oh boy uh, we're just going all down the place but uh yeah so it's very there was a murder in twin oaks was it solved uh oh yeah no it was very queer who did you know, folks these days like the true crime, and they like it when things haven't been solved yet. You ready for the two guys, one mystery podcast? Hell yeah! We'll do it. We'll uh, solve it. Long story short, Twin Oaks has this giant... Uh, it's one of these places that just exists to collect taxes, and this uh, this teacher was pissed because two things, two main things I remember him being pissed about. He was pissed, number one, because like there's a Schnooks in that shopping center mm-hmm. out there on the hill. That was built around the time we were in high school. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was pissed because... Uh, first of all, because when that center was built, like suddenly Twin Oaks was getting all this tax revenue because that's in Twin Oaks. And he's like, well, that should be going to... Uh, Parkway South, where we both went to high school, which granted is like 30 feet from there, so mm, it does make true. sense. But the other big thing he was pissed about, and you can go check this out, because he lived pretty close to the place that your parents definitely didn't live at the time, and uh, there's like a giant retaining wall that they had to build oh, yes, yes, yes. for the shop and save. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a shop and save, not a schnooks. The shop and save that is now obviously is defunct. Now, yeah, defunct is all shop and saves are. <laughs> so it's really come full circle for Dr. <laughs> Miller. But in any case, he was very upset about that retaining wall, because it's like smack dab opposite his house uh so and he i think blamed that on twin oaks he in general very grumpy man if that's not coming through. i feel like i could guess what house he lived oh in. probably yeah okay. probably um yeah i mean it's like one of the ones right on that road yeah. opposite. i mean yeah you've narrowed it down but also i feel like i know no, exactly oh, yeah. which i bet one. you do i bet you do uh, we'll, do, we'll discuss it offline <laughs> but uh so we've gone deep. We've got uh, spicy Twin Oaks takes on this podcast for you. I hope you've enjoyed. Hey, we them. we broke the uh, we broke the steak and shake news. That's maybe. true, and you know what? There was never a, a steak and shake in Twin Oaks, which maybe is part of the problem. So mm-hmm. there have been more steak and shakes in Twin Oaks, baby. I'm thinking steak and shake would be just fine. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a happening place. Thirteen fifty six. I don't know if Krieger's, there was a, it was a pub, it was a local pub called Krieger's, and I don't know if 1356, which it now is, is just Krieger's. Like, I think they probably just did a, like a floor up redesign. Oh, yeah, they go, like, screw it. where you go, was Krieger's here before? And it's no, like the I same waitress, and she's like, yeah, what's Krieger's? <laughs> no, this is 1356, baby. Uh, but it's great. Check it out. Visit lovely Twin Oaks. Oh. We are the Twin Oaks Travel Agency, and this has been your yeah. infomercials. So, back to the game. Justin Falk, a man who has never heard of Twin Oaks, <laughs> opens the Blues scoring 14-24 into this game. And uh, we do need to get back to Jordan Cairo after this, because mm. that's a weird story. But uh, uh, Falk's fourth goal of the season on the power play. Steen, uh, Alex Steen, whole new man, mm-hmm. uh, passes the puck to, uh, from below the goal line in the right corner to an unguarded Falk in the slot. 
Uh, Falk drops to one knee as he fires the puck past Brian Elliott, our old friend, our old friend mm. who also never Ooh. visited Twin Oaks. Which some people chanted, and I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a fan. <laughs> He's the opposing He's not goalie. here anymore. You know, Jordan Kyrou was told to buy a house because he was picked with the pick. Why aren't you playing Jordan Kyrou against Brian Elliott? That's the, you that's must, the swim you song. Must. That's the end of the prophecy. Yeah, the you swan must. Song. Let him score, let Brian Elliott turn to dust, uh, <laughs> and let the phoenix rise. That's right. Robert Thomas got the other assist here because, you know, Robert Thomas elite. is elite. elite. Uh, worst period of blues hockey you said here and it now is occurring to me that Mm -hmm. you were supposed to carry us through this game so why don't you take over from the crappy second period you have all the boring awful stuff (laughs) and then uh the second period was awful i mean the crowd felt it the crowd saw it the blues knew it (laughs) and they couldn't do anything about it Uh, every pass seemed off the mark players are bobbling pucks not moving their feet when they gain possession I noted, and my father noted, at least four, five, six times that different Blues players fell down within the course of, like, five minutes. Three times it was in the, like, far we corner. We do seem to do that a lot when we're, like, in that in those ice-cold stretches. Mm-hmm. And it's we're just like, like whoop! But I don't think, like, other teams, like, do the Red Wings just fall over a lot? No, they just suck, right? Yeah, everyone looked like they had T.G. Oshie feet for, like, a, a hot <laughs> second there. It was just like, oh, Bambi legs, uh-huh. I just couldn't keep it up. Yeah, it was. You remember when TJ Oshie jumped, uh, tried to jump onto a pile of human beings, and then fell off and shattered his ankle. I always remember that, that. is like emblazoned in my mind because that... I remember thinking, "Bad idea, TJ. Bad idea, TJ." And dead. And dead. we were like in the beginnings of a losing streak, and uh-huh. when he broke his leg. I remember thinking, "Oh." We're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> and, like, and then we just didn't. It was like literally. And, I, and it was in a game where we were getting beat like 8 to 3 by Columbus. Oh, yeah. oh, I was yeah. like, was why close. the fuck did you do that? Yeah, no. Uh, I'm glad we traded his ass. <laughs> I'm glad he's gone. Good. Good. Um, yeah, the Flyers looked much better. In fact, the entire game, the Flyers were the faster team, they were more tenacious on the forecheck. I noticed the Blues had a really hard time with how aggressive they were being, even on the penalty kill. They were very aggressive and that bit us in the butt a couple times because we were, we were, let's see, one for six on the power play. Fantastic. So. Is that a good total? Not so great. Okay. Flyers goal, 12-43 into the second period. Tyler Pitlick's fifth goal. Was he an oiler at one point? Was it star. a different Pitlick? Oh, okay. He's a star. star. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Thank you. Tyler Pitlick, fifth goal, fifth goal of the season. <laughs> You just don't forget a name. Once. Yeah, I know. I was like, I know that name. Where Where have you been? Uh, assisted by Scott Lawton and Matt Niskanen. Petrangelo doesn't challenge Lawton as he skates into the zone and behind the net. Falk is too late to challenge Lawton as he emerges on the other side of the net. And Perron doesn't tie up Pitlick in front when he receives the pass from Lawton. Pitlick taps the puck in past Bennington. Uh, bad looks all around. I mean, they're, again, to be quite honest with you, I don't really think they looked awful on this goal. It just looked like the Flyers were a faster team, and we were always just behind them. So it was like, well, what it's can you do when you're slow? good look when Tyler Pitlick scores on you. Yeah, no. That's, I was like, I was like uh, that's just a name that doesn't sound like someone who should be scoring yeah. on any team. Nah. Flyers get a goal about, yeah, exactly three minutes later. I noticed that. Michael Raffle's fifth goal of the, the season. The cat wants in here, by the way. She, she wants won't. to give us her spicy Twin Oaks, <laughs> Oaks takes. She's like, I got, I got stuff to say about the strays and Twin Oaks. 
Uh, let's go. There are none. <laughs> there are none. It's a perfect idyllic <laughs> community. That's very Stepford Wives. <laughs> This Michael Raffelgos is by Robert Hag and Sean Couturier. Hag puts a slap shot on the net from the point. Bennington tries to glove the shot. A rare, I'm going to say a rare miscue by Bennington here as he bobbles the puck and it bounces off him and to his left. The puck goes right rare, to Raffel. Getting more confident. Yeah, I mean, you'll, that's happens. The puck goes right to Raffel who scores as Bennington sprawls in an attempt to make the save. He, he came close, but yeah, this one is definitely on Bennington. Close, but no city. Poor rebound control. Steven. Yes. David Perron takes <laughs> a I'd forgotten. Retaliatory I penalty. Forgot. Yes. So at the end of the second period, oh man, I can't remember. I think it's I think it's Connectinectony. Uh-huh. Uh they're battling for the puck. Yes, Connectony, New York. <laughs> Uh, they're battling for the puck in the corner. The Flyers are just trying to kill time. They're wedging it between their uh, skates and the board. Prawn's pushing on Connectony. Connectony turns around, pushes Prawn right as, at the buzzer end. It's kind of mm. like a, a stick-in-hand punch towards Prawn. Prawn kind of reels backwards. And then period's over and Prawn cross-checks Connectony. And as I said, it was in the face. People were quick to correct me and said, oh, it was in the shoulder. And I was quick to say shouldn't have done it because they're going to get you for the retaliatory yeah, every time. Vitaly was like, I was listening on the radio at this point. I don't remember where I was this night. Um, but in any case, I was listening on the radio and, and Vitaly was like, oh no, like he's getting like, like, uh, like suspended for the cross check. I honestly thought... It wasn't, it wasn't like to his neck or face region? It was like shoulder and then it rode up okay. or whatever. Someone even pointed out, no, that's because Sam, Sanford's arm got in the way like, and that's where it hit like him. this? Or, like, it was supposed to be here and hit here. No, like, it hit him in the shoulder and okay, then it no, hit him like, in, like, in the up, neck okay. or whatever. And it looked like they were, t- it looked like he was tossing Perron at first, like, oh, you're out of the game. Mm-hmm. But then I think it was just telling them to, like, go down the tunnel mm-hmm. and then we'll assess your GTFO, penalty. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the Blues uh, end the period with the penalty being assessed to Perron for cross checking. They start the third period. With Perron serving the penalty, I was telling my dad, as the second period ended, I said, I bet you $5 that they score on this power play. Because that would be, they'll make it 3-1, it'll make it that much harder. Mm. And they did just that. Uh, Travis Connectedy, in fact, great, great, great. Uh, is 15th of the season, assisted by he's James got, Van Riemsdyk and Claude Giroux. He's got a, a truly, just a truly awful name. I'm going to call him Travis K. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I think maybe going to the All-Star game this year, too. Piece of so shit. We'll be back. Okay. Well, great. I won't say his name. Uh, we're not covering that piece of crap game. <laughs> this, to be fair, this power play goal is pretty sick. Giroux takes a shot from the right boards. JVR tips the puck in the crease between his legs over to Travis K, who pops it into the net. It's a very nice goal. It's very cute. It's very, very sweet looking. Um, yeah, so the Blues are down 3-1. The crowd's restless. Everyone's pissed off. That was the worst period of hockey the Blues have played in recent memory, most certainly at home in the last nine games or so. And so the Blues then get, I forget who it is, Schwartz gets tripped up, and then Shen gets hooked about 10 seconds apart. So the Blues are on a 5-on-3. You know what that means. No goals nothing, for nothing 90 happens. seconds. It's the worst. It's the fucking it worst. I it's hard to believe it. As I watched it again on my phone before we recorded, it's 
as you're watching it, it's hard to believe. It's like, holy shit, boys. I, you're taking your time because you have space. I get it. You don't have to skate from one corner to the other and every, retrieve the puck, but you look so fucking bored. Every decision they make on the five-on-three feels like they're making it in molasses. <laughs> I was like, you can see the decision being made. It is awful. They, I mean, their power play is good. Yeah, right? the power like play it's is top ten. Good, mm-hmm. but it's not like other good power plays. It doesn't feel like it. I think our power play is good because we have very good players in general, but mm. also because we have some like really precise passers mm. who like make things happen and can do it through four guys easier than they can do it through five because duh. But like, whereas another power play will like cycle it and make a lot of quick passes and like collapse onto the net and create good opportunities. We are very slow. So I don't think the three helps us. And I think uh, our friend gift Jeff, Jeff mm. Jefferson made a good point when we were at the Ducks game together where he said the best analogy for like what the Blues problem is on the five on three is like we're, we're like a counter puncher, like a boxer, like Muhammad Ali was a counter puncher, right? Mm. Like he would, you know, he, a lot of his strategy was to wait until the other guy made a mistake or wore himself out and then he would go on the attack and the Blues are a lot like that. Where it's like, you know, kind of like that Lundquist quote where it's like they just wait and wait and wait and wait for you to make a mistake. And then when you do, they don't miss their opportunity. Mm -hmm. But there's no mistakes to be made on a five on three. You just have to like, you know, to borrow a phrase from Doug Armstrong, grab the knife and jam it through their eye and into their brain and kill them. And we can't do that, (laughs) which I think is the same reason we struggle, especially, you know, we did it a lot earlier this season, like making a goal when you have to. Same reason as six on five. It's like our goals don't come from setups. Mm -hmm. They come from counterattacks, I feel like, more often than not. Yeah, it's... It's awful. I made a little note here. Uh, they cleared the puck. So let's see. They had a minute 41 mm-hmm. of five on three. They cleared the puck after the first win. The Flyers did. Blues re-enter with a minute 20. Six slow passes, then a shot wide by Petrangelo. Seven passes, then a tip shot wide. Two passes, and then a wide shot. Three passes, and a shot wide. And the puck gets cleared, and it's over. And that sounds like a lot, but when you spread it across 80 seconds, it's real fucking boring. Mm-hmm. And it's stuff, too. Half these passes, at least three of them are behind the net, just slow between Perron and O'Reilly. And then a bunch of the other ones are Shannon Petrans are just switching spots up top. It's, oh, I don't like this. Pass it back to the guy where he just was and didn't like the shot. Oh, I'll pass it back to you on your forehand, and I'll move over to the other side. It's just like, at this point... You can outnumber them down low. Just put it on net. Just like put it, mm-hmm. put it high somewhere where it's not going to be like a thing. Or I guess maybe not high, but put it off like a shoulder. Mm-hmm. Go high for the corners, or get it off the pads. Like try and bounce it off the pads for somebody, because I think they're just afraid that it's going to get gobbled up, mm-hmm. and then they just don't shoot. This is the weird kind of like we were talked about before with Ruby saying, "Oh, we got to look for the perfect shot and everything." I think five on three. If we were that sort of precise attacking team that we've kind of you've just sort of, sort of talked about, we're not. That would be fine, but because we're not that, we should just start shooting pucks at the net and going for rebounds and mm-hmm. just jamming it in. Yeah, because a lot of the time, I think you see five on threes. That 
that's about half the time the goals are scored, really. Like, I know there's a lot of open ice, but you can just outnumber them. So just put it on net, have three guys crash. There's only two of them that are going to be there. If all three of them crash, you pop it back out to a guy at, like, you know, the center of the zone, and oh shit, it's wide open net. I don't know. Try it. Yeah. You, why well, not? Well, do something different, because <laughs> it's not whatever you're doing, it isn't working. I like, I like Ruby's quote was like, yeah, it wasn't good. I don't know why we didn't shoot more yada yada. And I was like, do we coach the final? I, I get the excuses always like, well, it's a rarity. So, you know, what, you know, what are we going to do? We don't really, you know, go over it very much. And it's like, okay, well, then when it happens, just gather them around. Like, yo, shoot the puck shoot. or do something fucking different. You guys are pro hockey players. You get it. So, like, fucking change it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I turn off. Frustrated. The, I turn off the game. Because mm-hmm. I know in my head, like, if I turn the game off after we don't score on a 5-on-3, there's a chance they do something. If I keep watching, not a chance. Mm-hmm. And that's science, folks. You can't argue with that. So... <laughs> Uh, what happened? Yeah, science proven right. Yeah, yeah yet again, right. science be praised. As general, yeah. as true. <laughs> uh, Blues get a goal 10-35 into the third period. Ryan O'Reilly's ninth of the season, I believe, is only second at home this year. Braden Shen assisted and David Prown as well. Shen shoots the puck on net and Elliott cannot collect the rebound. O'Reilly pokes the puck five hole as Elliott falls backwards. Classic Ryan O'Reilly. Dirty goal, garbage goal. And then about three minutes later, Alexander Steen, who's hot as hell... As his fourth goal of the season, Feeling after just as three games ago, getting his first of the season, so good for you. Assisted by Robert Thomas, who else? E L I T E, and then Jaden Schwartz as well. He's okay. Schwartz cycles right. a puck behind the net for Thomas. Thomas skates up from behind the net and passes to Steen in front, and Steen does a sweet forehand backhand and puts the puck over Elliot as he's going down. Uh, on replay, this happens a lot faster. When we watched it happen live, I was like, oh my god, he's in front of Elliot forever with this like slow back and forehand. Is Elliot going to bite? It was, it was a very nice goal. And the Blues have it all tied up. It's 3-3. The Blues look better towards the end of the third period. Looks like they got their mojo going. I believe they have another power play after the Flyers are called for too many men on the ice. And we also, of course, do not capitalize on that. Again, one for six on the night. Not great. And then we had to overtime, and I told my father, thought, we will lose. <laughs> I thought they would win in regulation. Really? I, I thought they were going to win, they, oh, were, sure, they sure, needed, sure, to, sure, it sure, needed sure, to be sure, in regulation. Yeah, 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 it was only yeah, going to be yeah, in regulation. Yeah, 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 I get that. But I'm just like, I was thinking when we tied it, I was thinking we've become the Blackhawks mm-hmm. at the height of their power, where they could screw around for 50 minutes, be down by two maybe even three goals and just think eh, yeah i guess we're time to win, win. yeah like, <laughs> i guess we better that. just do it and the blues kind of did that in this game they just forgot the final step and maybe that's the next part of the maturing process mm-hmm. but uh yeah tell us about overtime here i mean that's uh, jacob vorchek's ninth goal of the season this is by Provorov and couturier uh vorchek eats petrangelo alive on this play just yeah. dangles around if petrangelo goes to a knee it does his his best Jay Bo Meester impression and just does not move. Borchek skates over around him, gets a nice wide open look at Bennington and scores. Borchek's a very up and down player, mm-hmm. but when he's up, he's very up. I... And he's a ginger. He's oh, Gritty's father. So, so I hate so I hate that number one. Yeah, but... Ian for the folks at home that don't know, very anti ginger. Unless you're ginger, and then you're great. You're because you're listening I'm not talking to talking about you. No, it's not like it's not a blanket statement. It's not like a hate. You know, it's yeah. not like even though we crime. just made a blanket statement, no, it's not no, one of those. No, 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 no. no. But, it's got uh, a lot of holes in yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, 
blanket statements are how he feels about Danish people, but not. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, I also hate speaking of hate uh, Danish yeah, people. I hate three on three overtime. Maybe hate's too strong. I I strongly dislike. I'm it. over it. I'm over it. Uh, although I will say it does have this one benefit where <laughs> I got to be honest. I love a lot of. I love hockey. I really mm. do. When it's the regulation, when it's the regular season, and, you know, especially with the Blues where it's like the missing the playoffs is not in question, especially mm-hmm. now, but generally, as good as they are lately. When it gets to overtime, I just want the game to be over. I know, it's kind of I, I, my, I don't give a it. shit. <laughs> yeah. I was and like, so, whatever. Like, it does have that advantage where it's like it's probably going to end in the five minutes. Mm. But yeah, as you mentioned in text, it's just a bunch of tired guys playing bad hockey. Yeah, they just slowly and cycle it you win, on a breakaway. It's lame. You win when there's a bad change. Yeah. It's not like, it. I, I think it's the advertised of like, well, the high skill players will be the high skill players. Mm. But like... Uh, maybe, you know, once in a while, Connor McDavid just makes a jaw-dropping three-on-three play. I mean, not really, because Edmonton always loses. But, like, mostly it's just exhausted people mm. skating laps and waiting for the other team to make a mistake. Mm. It's just it's boring to me. I don't know. It, just, it honestly is. It's just kind of yeah. like, even, our, even I'll say it, it's true, even without the loss here, if it's a win... <laughs> I'm happy they won. I'm obviously a lot happier, but still, I'm like, that's kind of boring. Because the, what is it, Petrangelo, Shen, Schwartz, three on Ogle mm-hmm. in Vancouver, that was funny. That was fun. Was it, like, exciting? No. In the moment. But, but not, I mean, like, yeah. it's not like, you're not like, holy fucking shit. You're just yeah. like, oh, that's that's hilarious. You're like, oh, that's cheesy. Yeah. That's fine, but I've... I, I'm totally with you. It's good for it's good for the casual fan, and that's what it needs to be for, so I'm totally fine with that. But I'm just kind of like, eh, I'd be fine with ties. Mm-hmm. I'd be fine with five on five for five, ten more minutes, and then if nothing happens, you just tie. You know, it's just a tie. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Is it, uh, did it used to be four on four? It did used to be four on four. That was before this three on three. Yep. It was four on four for five minutes and then it was just a tie. Yes. I don't or know. Was if four... briefly a shutout four on four overlap? I don't know. Shootout. It... Sorry. I don't know if four on four came into being with the shootout or if there was four on four overtime with the tie in place. I don't know how those three interacted with each other. Interesting. But they're all awful and I hate them. Historians get on it uh the blues have 33 shots here i don't have any jokes about players with the number 33 uh the flyers have 25 shots shortly after sending chris stewart back down there you go i was about to say they got chris stewie baby he was on the team oh was he he here okay okay no he was waived but he was still playing because there's some weird rule someone asked some other person on twitter a lot of who's and what's it's now but yeah and apparently that doesn't mean you're sent down if you're waived that day. They can play you except for some other reason. I don't know. There's a rule. <laughs> Take so it up with Chuck Fletcher. Said, so they basically said, yeah. realistically, judging by Chris Stewart and his career trajectory, you are done in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Play your last game tonight. <laughs> That's basically what they said, right? This is your last game. That's like his retirement game. Do you think Chris Stewart ever plays another NHL game? I didn't think he was going to well, be. Well, that's re- true. I, yeah, I think that's he does. True. I think Maybe he I does. Yeah, you're right. He's right. going to play next year for the Anaheim Ducks. There you go. That's perfect. That's perfect. 
Uh, the Blues have nine high danger chances here and 50-50 Corsi 4 percentage. It's just that second period is a disaster. Yeah, I got to give props to the Flyers because <laughs> I thought they played a very good road game. Uh-huh. And they're a team that's maybe not desperate, but a team that's in a much uh, more fluid position than where the Blues are. And they're definitely trying to hold on to a divisional spot or wild card spot. And they're an up-and-coming team. So I can see where going on the road, and they were also kind of hot as well that they could easily beat a team like the Blues here. And the Blues, I think a little bit might have been looking at the break coming up. They've only got one more game to play now against the Avalanche before the big uh, All-Star break here. So maybe they're looking ahead a bit. Maybe they're focusing more on the Avalanche. Maybe just don't give a shit about the Flyers. I don't know. Yeah, the Blues have just that Avalanche game before the break, like mm-hmm. you said. And, uh, you know, we'll win, we'll lose, I don't care. And then you get the break, and then it'll be time to... Really think about what this team is. I bet, I bet Sammy Boy is maybe back. Like, yeah, didn't they say he's been skating right for a while? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was looking at our left wing depth recently, and I was like, I don't like it. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, Sammy Boy is Okay, it's better now. Yeah, I forget he exists. I really mm-hmm. do, and it's no offense to him. It just hadn't quite like registered to me how important he was before he went down. Mm-hmm. You know, because he had a great start to the season, mm-hmm. and then he was. Wow, gone. you're right. That was so long ago. Holy shit, you're right. Yeah. Holy shit, you're right. Holy shit. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, this would be a game that I might have cared about more at another time or another season. It sucks to let the points get away, but you got one back. Mm-hmm. Who cares, you know? Blues are still, what is it? 12, 2 and 2 in their last 16. Yeah. So, that's can't really good. complain. Let's talk about a couple of Blues youngsters. Jordan Cairo, we mentioned, told to find a permanent place. Also, scratched a lot. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? There, there's not a place for Jordan Cairo on this team with Zach Sanford and Jacob Delarose starting all the time. Yeah, I wonder if maybe they're just kind of trying to use them in slowly. Maybe. I mean, that would be that's all I can think of now. If they're going to say, "Hey, we're not sending you down no more." Uh, yeah, that just seems like a weird call. I mean, like, great. I'm, su- I'm, I'm excited. Surprised they didn't get him more time in. Uh, maybe he'll play against Colorado, but like, I would have thought he would have gotten a couple games here at the end, right before uh-huh. the big break, because of, hey, you're young, you haven't played this many games before. Uh, play some more, and then you'll be tired, and then you'll have this long I, break. I bet. Um, permanent residents or not, I bet he's getting sent down for the All Star break. Oh yeah. Play. You know, just those three or four mm-hmm. games in the AHL, I, I would bet, and just call right back up. You know, like wouldn't don't people usually don't young players often get sat down that week? Anyway, maybe I guess I'd feel a little bad for him just because oh, I guess he's been on a break up here because he hasn't been playing. Yeah. but I'd be like, hey, you get a break, I'm like yay, I'm like I fuck you, you go down to well, San Antonio you know, and you play. I guess yeah, maybe. But you know what? He probably wants to play. He's a pro athlete. Yeah, exactly. He wants he's it. He's not like that me, hunger a lazy for the bum. Game. That's right. He's got a hunger for the game and for Greek yogurt because he has Greek heritage, and that's all I really know about Jordan Cairo. I looked him up one time. And it said something about him being Japanese too, and I was like, "Well, his last name kind of." Yeah. What's going on there? I don't know. We'll get to the bottom of it. We'll ask him. We'll ask around. Uh, here he can, you know, get on podcasts real easily. So, uh, <laughs> Nico Mikola <laughs> is uh, also having a great start with the Blues. Um, what do we do with him? <laughs> What's the story? So, Gunnarsson comes back 
tomorrow. He's going to be in for the Avalanche game. They said Mikola, according to this morning's practices and stuff, was the extra along with Pareko. So he's probably sitting tomorrow, which makes sense. He's played five in a row his first five NHL games. Give him a break. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wonder if he will get sent down again too as well or if they'll actually give him an extended break. We'll see. Probably get sent down. Um, But I'd love to see it. Oh, he's getting sent down for sure. (laughs) I wonder. You know... I guess when Pareko comes back, I don't know. I guess they have to send him down just because you have Gunnarsson, you have Bortuzzo. It'd be cool to have him up here, but I think he, sh- I think he shows you now, and the Blues probably know this from watching him in San Antonio. He shows you now that hey, next year when shit, I don't know, someone calls about Bortuzzo, or hey, Gunnarsson rips his fucking leg out of its socket this summer. You have a guy in-house that can come up and play yeah you don't have to worry about being like oh shit he's like your eighth defenseman that is going to turn into a regular in the top six very soon here does he replace bo meister i mean i know long-term people are talking about that yeah i mean next year if if we don't even sign him to another one-year deal yeah yeah but like then are you comfortable with a left side of i guess dunn mikola gunnerson could you could be worse than that Mm-hmm. I mean, I would love an increased role for Dunn regardless, so mm-hmm. I guess I wouldn't hate that. It's interesting. Our defensive I depth is you, interesting. I don't know what you're doing with your right side. Please sign Alex Petrangelo, but um, yeah, I guess we could do that. Yeah, I guess, I mean, it's probably just a practical reality. You have to tell them, hey, you know. We just have too many, like... With actual the, NHL I'm, bodies. As long as we're talking about practical realities, Gunnarsson will be back on a <laughs> yeah, so week I, or two. I said so. he missed 15 games, and I was like, <laughs> that both felt like way too few recently, and like, also felt like way too many. I, he Listen, we've met him. He's a very nice guy. I'm taller than uh, he is. He's slightly taller than him. Did dress very similar. Similar, yep. Uh, and he called you a, what was it, a, a snazzy snappy, dress? Yeah, snazzy, snappy, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, I love you, Carl. Yeah, but uh, he does have the bird bones. He really does. He's got bird. <laughs> uh, he's got very fragile little brittle hollow bones. Yeah, Carlo Koliakovo and... cursed him that's on his right. grave. <laughs> that's right. I think Carlo Koliakovo uh, still alive. That's right. Yeah, very, but for uh, how pr- long? Prominent Toronto radio host, which uh, who saw that coming? But um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess. I guess Mikola, if you're a player. You get your first taste. You have a really good team. Can't you know have anything bad to say about you? And they just say, "Hey, look, practical reality is you have to go down for now. Mm-hmm. We'll call you up as as soon as there's an injury, and if we don't, like you're part of the team next year, like mm-hmm. for sure. Like, I guess you survived that. Yeah. But um, it is kind of unfortunate that you know as good as he's been, he just probably just isn't a spot for him. You know, we, so we kind of have an interesting. Interesting stuff coming up with our defensive depth yeah. between Mikola and Renke, Brunovich, Brunovich, Wallman. I guess if he's around, you know, just like a lot of people that are actually kind of pushing for a little bit of time here. It'd be interesting too with Perunovic because you know he's got I think one more year he could go back to college, mm-hmm. and if you don't sign him this summer, then it becomes real. Is, iffy. Oh, if, you, if they don't sign him this summer, doesn't he become a free agent? No, I think you have his rights until a certain. I thought it was this summer. I could be wrong, but I think it's this summer. Maybe it is. I'll look at his cap friendly. Uh, But, I mean, like, I don't don't really... I'm not really scared, but I wonder if if part of the... uh, part of the negotiating tool 
for him is saying, hey, I want to sign with you guys, but I don't want to play in the AHL. Yeah, yeah. You know? Where's my spot? Which, maybe, it works. Maybe he's just on your left. I'd like... I'd be fine with a Perunovic done uh, Mikola left side, especially if you do keep Petrangelo mm-hmm. and each of them have a real veteran righty to play with. And plus it, you know, kind of balances out the cost on your defense for a couple years mm-hmm. because you're paying each of the right-handed guys a lot uh, to be, you know, there. But um, at the same time, it's... Uh, it's worrisome, right? I mean, that's a little scary, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I'm just excited that we have the depth because for a long time it felt like we didn't have any depth on defense uh-huh. anymore. It felt like our the glut was in our forwards and our goalies. And somehow it's we've had all the same guys. We haven't really acquired any new defensive prospects, but it just so happens that we're hitting on most of them. A lot of them are working out, so... It's it's a nice problem to have. I'm telling you, you trade Sanford and you spice it up with a defensive prospect piece, and you got a you got a stew going. There you got you something go. good going. That or gets you Tyler uh, to fold. I was like, that gets you a Tyler uh, Tyler Pitlick sort of thing, you know? Uh huh. Oh yeah. Oh baby, you know what? You know you want that Tyler Pitlick. I was gonna say Sanford Wallman and a third is the new D'Agostini Ratty and a third. Oh yeah. It gets you whatever you want. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I can't figure out um, the Perunovic situation, so I'll keep digging. I know there's no a place one you can, can see it, but, uh, you know, I can't. So uh, I forget that Andreas Borgman is here, too. That mm-hmm. was a big, like, I was sort of weirdly excited about that. And then. He's got a tight bod, a uh, real tight bod. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> what? I do have him. that picture on my computer. He does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't we go ahead and move on to some league news. And uh, with the return of our, our roaringly popular segment from last week, uh, the NHL Quick Hitters. <laughs> the segment will quickly be abandoned like all of our That's other segments. True. That's true. We don't have our uh, unofficial mascot, our little cube buddy. Yeah, where uh, is Cube bot. He's out on the table if you want to go grab Fuck. him. We can pause. No, no, no. no. Uh, cube bot, uh, the unofficial mascot of Two Guys, One Cup. We're trying to get uh, permission to name him the official mascot. Mm-hmm. Producer Tim is really fighting us on it. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll keep you up. There's a lot of but, paperwork. Uh, he's very cube bot, very adorable, very transformable. Not a transformer because copyrighted, but... Similar in ability, if not in marketing brilliance. So uh, this is the quick hitters. I say some stuff and you can interrupt me and give thoughts if you if you would like to. Uh, big, big news of the week, arguably. I mean, well, there's bigger news that we'll talk about at length, but that's not in the quick hitters segment. People know. People have heard quick hitters <laughs> two times. <laughs> they know how week, it goes. And now they get it. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom signs a five-year, $46 million contract uh, with a 9.2 annual average value to remain with the Washington Capitals. He was his own agent on this deal. He says it might not be his last. It'll expire when he's 37. Uh, Alex Ovechkin has not signed with the Capitals. One assumes he will not play for another NHL franchise. But he should. Uh, But there's some speculation that Alex Ovechkin will now sign a five-year contract with uh, the Capitals. If that happens, uh, I think he's going to catch Wayne Gretzky. I really do. Mm -hmm. Gretzky has uh, 894 
four career goals. Ovechkin has 689. He's on track for 52 this season, which would put him at 710. But more importantly, uh, people keep talking about him like he's declining, like he's actively declining, and he's not. He's really not. I mean, has he had a 60-goal season before? I think maybe. But in general, he's not slipping. And people keep talking about, like, well, you know, maybe if he gets to the end of his career, you know, he can add a few more. And if he gets 20 a year that year, he'll eventually catch Gretzky. And it's like, if he has two more 50-goal seasons, which he's had, I want to say, three years in a row now or more, it doesn't, he's just going to catch him. He's not going to just fall off a cliff and suddenly be a 20-goal scorer. Uh, so what do you think about the contract, and more specifically, if you want to, about the Ovechkin thing? I care less about Nick Backstrom than I do Alex Ovechkin. A great... It's a fine contract. I know yeah. some people are worried about it, I guess. But it's... you can't let Nick Backstrom it, walk. It is a lot of money for an aging guy, but also oh, he's sure. like... But he's also the kind of player who's going to age fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's like a speed guy. This is like a much... I don't know how to explain it, but it's kind of like an Alexander Steen contract sort of thing mm-hmm. on a grander scale where it's like, is he ever going to be as bad, quote unquote, as bad as Steen is now? No, but he'll be maybe Worse. backstrom bad, Yeah, but that's still going to be like 50 points uh-huh. or whatever. And is it going to be 9.2 million worthy? No, but he's also going to be a, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer and he's going to be like, he's already, whatever you said, like, most assists for the mm-hmm. Capitals ever, or at least for a forward. Yeah. Just sign the guy. Just well, give plus, him his money. Let him stay on your team. Yeah, He contributes just fine. If you're the Capitals, you More know realistically with some of the contracts you've signed, you're talking about this year, next year, and maybe a third year where you've got a window. And then once you're done with that, if you keep Ovechkin, then it's like, the then, it's, then your team for a couple of years is about like the end of those guys' career. And that's fine. You know, that happens to every great team. If Sidney Crosby, when he hits his mid-30s, late-30s, that's what the Penguins will be about. They can't go anymore at the same level. But they're all-time franchise great, and you want to kind of celebrate the sunset of their career. And if if Ovechkin does stay long enough, it will be about that gold chase. Mm -hmm. And so they're not going to care about their cap situation as much because they're going to be... They're just not, I don't think they'll be all that in the race anyway, you mm-hmm. know? The one thing that scares me about Ovechkin specifically is I think Friedman and a few other uh, hockey talking heads have talked about how, like, he really wants to play, like, in Russia, though, too, mm-hmm. or retire in Russia. And so I wonder if he does the five, you know, the five years. It would kill me if he did five years, got real close to the oh, Gretzky God. thing, and if then just goes, I'm like, going to go to Russia. I'm like, no, you like sack of shit. If he and says, I want to play for St. Petersburg now, I'll kill him myself. I'd be like, wow, you. <laughs> this will be like Game of Thrones all over again. Wow, this has been <laughs> such a fun ride. You fucked it. You <laughs> fucked it up, Alex. You ruined it, and I hate you. But I, I really do think he gets there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Uh, maybe this stuff doesn't matter to players. It would consume me. It would be all I thought about. Mm-hmm. Which maybe is why I'm not a pro athlete. There are lots of reasons I'm not a pro athlete. <laughs> but like, one. you know, we talked about Joe Thornton last year. Mm-hmm. A friend of the pod, Garrett Kogner, pointed out that Gordie Howe had some ungodly amount more games played in the WHA, which 
does count. I mean, that's those are hockey games. But in terms of all-time NHL games played, Patrick, or sorry, I said Joe Thornton. Patrick Marlowe basically mm-hmm. needs to sign a contract next year and not get hurt, and then he will catch Gordy Howe for all-time NHL game played. And I'm like, how could you not? Mm. All you have to do is, like, delay retirement one year, dude. The Sharks <laughs> And suck. still make money. Yeah. The Sharks will do it. They'll let you see. I mean, will they not? Like, they'll sign you for a year. That'd be funny. Just to if catch that... the record. <laughs> like, yeah, you can do it, but you're going to have to do it with uh, the Red Wings. Sorry. This is the year we decided that we actually want to start <laughs> over from scratch. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry Pat and Joe. You guys got to go. It's like, fuck. Uh, but, you know. Would, I... you, would you care to guess? Sorry. Would you care to guess how many... 50-plus goal seasons Alexander Ovechkin has had. Are you willing to tell me how many he's played? It's 13? He, he's played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Okay. I like to count. I only mention that because no, I, I do this to myself all the time, and then I get to the bottom, and I'm like, I'm an idiot. And there it is. <laughs> uh, 50 goal seasons, minus one for rookie year, minus one for the lockout year. That would be... Th- 13, which would get him to 650 goals. So I'm going to subtract two more and say he's at 11. 50 goal seasons. He's at 11 50 goal seasons. He is not at 11 50 goal seasons. All right. He has had. I, want I to guess make sure. I was counting this year. So he has had eight. Eight out of 15. So it's more good. than a half your career scoring 50 good. goals. Has he had 60? He's had 65 oh my God. in 2007-2008. That was also his highest point total with 112 points. Was that the year points. he took 535 shots? Shots? No, that was a 446. <laughs> that dude averaged like eight, seven, eight shots a game. Insane. He has taken in his career 5,455 shots. He... I think the record is like 6,800 maybe, so that's another one he could break. And Ray then Bork's record. You subtracted off his rookie year. Did you think he didn't hit 50 his rookie year? I didn't. Because he did hit 50 he his hit rookie 50. year. His, his Wait, rook... he's taken how many shots in his career? 5,455. Oh my god, the Bork record is 6,200. 6, he didn't break that, Yeah, easily. He, in his rookie year, scored 106 points. That would be insanity. That was in a in an era where people scored less. Uh-huh. Holy shit. That's insane. He's, he's the greatest of all time. I will fight anyone on that. What a shock to the system that has to be that you are playing the dead puck era. Uh-huh. And then there's a, there's a lockout. And then you come back. And it's like, bam! A hundred and fucking six points, bitch. And you're like, holy shit. What is happening? I am awoken. What a rock star. When you watch that dude play. Oh, he's a stud. When you watch him play, especially like in his his early years, Uh just like the shock to the system that is, like I said, all these old fucks just playing the old hockey, how they used to think it was played. There's just this dude with like his fucking jersey tucked in the back and his back protector sticking out and he's got the fucking tongues of his skates all over the goddamn place and his uh, fucking tinted visor like, yeah, bitch, and scores 50 plus goals. I, uh, it's insanity. I love Alex Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. He's probably, I mean, he's up amongst my favorite hockey players ever and mm. i know there are people that hate him and i sure don't get it at all I, i'll never understand <laughs> just that just pure like fun and excitement and 
he seems to be a pretty cool, chill guy off the ice, too, which is not true of, like, Sidney Crosby. Like, mm. I've gained a lot of respect for Sidney Crosby, but you try to talk that to that dude about not, not hockey, you're getting nowhere. <laughs> uh, unless you talk about Cole Harbor, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for Ovechkin to break it. I think he can. It's really just a matter of, like you said, how long does he want to stay here? Uh, Zach Cassian tried to make sure that Matthew Kachuk couldn't stay in the NHL by bashing his brains into the ice. Thoughts on that? Uh, I, I saw a lot of people bashing. Cassian's side. Oh, I, just, I saw a lot of people bashing Cassian, which I get. I understand. Don't hit a player when he's turtling on the ground necessarily, but also Matthew Kachuk, please fight or do something, because especially the hit where he... He's like the problem hit, the thing that started this when he hits Cassie. And I get he might not quite have hit him in the head with his hip, mm-hmm. but he gets awfully fucking close. I've... And he's only taking the steps to get there to hit him. He's not playing the puck. So, in that sense, I thought they both were shitty. I guess that's all I wanted to say. Matthew it was like Chuck is clearly a shitbag. I want him to be our shitbag. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I, I gotta say, at first I was like, Cassian should be expelled from the league, mm. and I've cooled a lot. Because here's the thing, part of the reason Kachuk didn't fight back is he wanted the penalty he was getting. Oh no, I mean, that's and what he wanted. And they got the penalty, and they scored on the penalty, and they won the game. So, yeah, he won, he know. won the psychological battle, he played Cassian like a fiddle. Cassian gets a two-game suspension just in time to return for the next Battle of Alberta. <laughs> so, we'll all make a big deal about that, and then nothing will really happen. But it was definitely interesting, and go back and watch the replay if you haven't. Our old friend David Backus was waved by the Boston Bruins. Uh, sorry. <laughs> like, I mean, what? We're not going to claim him. I know people are talking Coming about that. Home. If they actually, Coming like, cut home. him, do you want him on a veteran, like a Troy Brower, like, basically you're in the press box type of contract or not just... just you know home? what? Even though <laughs> I said on our, like, decade podcast that uh-huh. I was like, man, he's the one dude I wish was here when we won the cup. Uh-huh. Like, that's the one guy. Uh, no, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't for some reason, I'm like, no, 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 no. You, you left. You can stay gone. You can come right. You can come right back when you retire. Sit in the. You have a front office job. I don't oh, care. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. as a player, nah, you're done, Zos. Sorry, bud. I, uh, I don't really have as soft a spot as I feel like I should for David. For some Bass. reason, especially because we won the cup, I guess you could take it one of two ways. You could say, oh, the past is in the past, and so we won the cup. Let's celebrate everything in our uh-huh. past. But I'm taking the other route sometimes. Like, fuck Future, the past. Yeah. You're in the, you're in you the rear view mirror. Sorry, bud. While bro. we're at it, you get out of here too, Bernie. For <laughs> yeah, fuck I the whole like, past. I never, had a, I never had a hard feelings for David Backus. Yeah. But I still distinctly remember reading that like letter he wrote when he signed his contract i was in a hotel room because when he left i was doing my civil war trip i think we've talked about that on the podcast before we were in a hotel room right along some river you were tripping acid you thought you were in the civil war your civil war trip (laughs) we've talked about it in a tent my Civil War trip, which was very famous. Uh, took it in Twin Oaks. But anyway, uh, but I just remember, I remember reading it, and it was very like, this was the hardest decision I've mm-hmm. ever had to make, and like, I'm so sad to leave St. Louis. And it was like, it was heartfelt, and I don't think mm-hmm. he was insincere, but it's like, dude, it was a decision, and you chose to leave. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and to his credit, I don't think he ever said, like, St. Louis really screwed me by not offering me the fifth year. But, like, if you wanted to stay here, you could have signed here. Mm-hmm. 
you chose to leave, that's fine, but let's stop it with the histrionics about, like, it was so tough, though, because it wasn't that tough, because you took the year. <laughs> like, you know, like, me personally, if somebody said, you can stay in St. Louis on a four-year contract or move to wherever on a five-year contract, I'm staying in St. Louis. Mm. I don't think about it. That's I'm not holding him to the same standard, but I'm just saying, like, just don't don't give me the line, you know. Don't mm-hmm. give me the lever, the sob story. Uh, but you know, I hope I hope he gets some job somewhere if he wants to keep playing. That isn't mm-hmm. the Providence Bruins, or he wins them a Calder Cup, and that can be the sad end of his career. Um, <laughs> oh, I'd oh, be, so, be so happy, but so sad. I think it's called bittersweet. Yeah, uh, bittersweet that Doug Hamilton broke his leg while trying to grift paintings from the museum he visited. <laughs> oh, damn while the it. rest of the team were seeing 1970. You, you beat you beat me to it. I was gonna say I hope uh, museums have like wheelchair ramps. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, it really sucks because he was having a career resurgence year. I mean, not really because he's always been very good, but last mm. year was kind of tough and he'd really broken out. No pun intended. <laughs> this year carolina yeah yeah i forget that he's there oh, he'll i still be gone think he's you, in calgary once you figured it out he'll be gone <laughs> finally well not finally we've got a couple more topics but finally for the quick hitters uh, uh, you know what let's bump this out of the quick hitters because i feel like we might be here a while well let's just talk about the it. avalanche and los angeles stadium series sweaters we, we I, talked about these a little bit i want to start by saying this and mm-hmm. this may be maybe this is something you'll disagree with i feel like the kings are very close they're very close to like a really good sweater but there's just something about it that misses the mark the chrome helmets don't help Mm-mm. and seem like a very bad idea in the uh, out of doors where they'll be playing this game. Looks very. Uh, Hopefully, it's at night. I guess it must be at night. Looks very Daft Punk esque. Yeah, and I'm and I like Daft Punk, but not on the. Ice. I like the white gloves. I think those are a nice touch. I yeah, it's they've gr- I like the more. lettering on the front. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced about the two colors. On the front, it looks better because it's got, like, the L.A., mm-hmm. like, skating across there. On the back, it looks worse because it's just bisecting the numbers. Mm-hmm. And also, the L.A. are clearly, like, a, trying to steal a little bit from the a Vancouver skate jersey, which cannot be touched. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on the L.A. ones? L.A. ones are have grown on me a little bit more. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people saying those are so sexy, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'd like to see it without the shiny helmet, but yeah. whatever. I don't know. Can, well, we can buy you can, one. Who's your favorite Kings player? Um, Trevor Lewis. Is he still there? <laughs> That's awesome. Alec Martinez. No, he's actually got a personality. He's, uh, uh, so let's go ahead and uh, just just. Just bury the uh, avalanche jerseys. Fucking atrocious. I'm so, I just, I dis, I disagree, Justin. I disagree oh God, strongly. I I'm sorry. And furiously disagree with Justin, and even more so with Greg Wyshynski. I understand these terrific. Wrong. Oh, just so so so, so <laughs> wrong. Okay. Oh my God, is he wrong? I'll start off by saying this: the Nashville jerseys are okay. So are bad. People should know, Justin. 
Hornick, our dear friend, mm-hmm. fellow co-host of the uh, Soccer Talk Wilds podcast, which you should check out on your favorite podcatcher, pod uh, believes that these sweaters are better than the Nashville Predators. Uh, Dixie Flyers inspired, mm-hmm. Dixie Flyers, Dixie whatever inspired uh, Winter Classic sweaters. And he's very, very wrong. Okay, so, yeah, the National Predators jerseys are bad. They're okay to bad. It's crappy script. It's too many letters. They look kind of bland. They have a cool little shoulder patch with a cool little, like, blue, navy blue um, saber-toothed tiger head. Cool. Mm-hmm. Use that as an alternate at some point. <laughs> the, the sa- yeah, the patch. You, you dummies. Do cool. that. Yeah. Dumbass. <laughs> These avalanche jerseys, though. Okay, first off, you got folks. You got to pull this up and you got to look at them if you haven't seen them. But yeah, please. Uh, even if you're in your car right now, yeah. just, just swerve off. Yeah. You're off to hit the, the gas. Oh, I was to hit the gas very hard and then pull <laughs> and then these grab up. Your phone. Okay. Yeah, you want to get to where you're going real quick. So the A that they're making in like the negative space or whatever, mm. the big white top of the A or the mountain, or the mountain inside the mountain, whatever it is, should not go to the collar. No. So first of all, it looks like they're wearing a bib. Uh-huh. Um, also in this promotional thing, they have hoodies on underneath this? That's yeah. not... They they will not have hoods, right? Right. Uh, well, God, I, I pray uh, to God. God, I hope they do. Weirdly, it almost improves. <laughs> I want them to have those because that's have, fucking like, stupid. Under the helmet, too, not just like down at their collar. No! No! The- <laughs> no! I'm saying you commit! I'm saying no. you commit! <laughs> if they're going to have them, put them on like they got them now where they're down and put the helmets on and look like a bunch of idiots. Are they just going to wear? No, 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 no. I don't no, think no. so. They can't. They can't. They've never done that ever. And they Is can't that Caleb McCarr on the right there? Yeah, right. I guess. What a dork. I also, you know, people talk about Landis Gog like he's smoking, like he's a Patrick Sharp level attractive. Mm. I don't see it with him as much. <laughs> now we're, just now we're just daggering the team. <laughs> you know jerseys, you know back to the jerseys. Back to the jerseys. Right. I, there's cool stuff about this jersey. Uh-huh. I like the little mountain in the middle, and that's cool. And that's it. I just said a bunch <laughs> of stuff, and that's it. I'll be honest with you. Not a fan of the Colorado Avalanche like colors. Like make the burgundy lighter. It, they look okay in person. The jerseys do. Like even the regular jerseys. But on TV, far away, they look super dark. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like one color to me. And I think they've been needing a change for a while. And so they said, "Let's do this." And I say, "Nope, go back." <laughs> The back, too. Uh, Why is there just a white line in the middle? Like, I get that that carries around from the front, but it shouldn't. Okay, you know what? So, if I looked at them here, and Stevens pulled up a, like, rendering of them uh, without anyone wearing them, I think they look better not being worn. I think when you put them on someone, they look weird. How much of this, the more I look at it, how much of this is just the A going to the collar? I'm telling you, that's that's, like it. A that's big what I'm looking part. at. If you stop it, you're right. Stop it's like it. a bib, but you can't stop it because I'm looking at it. Can't and where stop, do you won't stop. stop. It? I guess if you just no, have the you, can stop, oh, no you, you can, can stop it. You can stop it. You can fucking stop it. Put it a little lower. You know what Why it does looks the whole like? Bottom it have looks, to be so goddamn it burgundy. It looks like a like it's not like this at all, but it looks like a tuxedo t-shirt, and then no, it's like, yeah. it's trying to affect like there's a third layer on top of it, but there's very much not. Like, a, you know, I don't... Hmm. So, yeah, hard pass on these, Justin. <laughs> hard pass. And really, you should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll invite Justin on to make his defense. I'm just kidding. We won't. Nope. Maybe Silence the we doubters. M- we might not. I guess we're the doubters. We might not mute his mic when it comes up on the other podcast. Uh, we might give him that clemency. But uh, also, you know, two home sweaters for the two home-ish sweaters for the stadium series, which I, will, I actually like I will in the give abstract. Them that. I will give them but, that. <laughs> but, um... More colored sweaters. You know, because that was part of the problem with the De- Nashville ones. It's like it had to be white, because they were the away team. But, anyway. Will you buy the white Blues Away sweater, though, when we play oh, the Wild, yeah, right? Because it's going to be fire. Our design department, department gets it. I don't know what it is, but they get it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about a couple organizations that don't get it before we, uh move on to our final topic here the devils out of nowhere fired general manager ray shiro who they had just given a four-year contract extension to now mistakes were made. i don't think ray shiro was a terrific general manager for them no uh but this is reminiscent of the peter shirelli firing last year when he uh had just signed miko koskinen if you were going to fire ray shiro Maybe do that before the Taylor Hall trade. I'm saying before the Taylor Hall trade. Uh, Scott Burnside's athletic headline that says, Devil ownership, Devil's ownership looks clueless with blindsiding decision to fire Ray Shiro. Kind of says it all. Uh, he's got this excerpt. I said, now Sam Harris and David Blitzer, who purchased the team in the summer of 2013, have emerged from the shadows in a most awkward fashion, making themselves a very big part of the storyline of a franchise that went in an instant from disappointing underachievers to curiosity. That's what happens when out of nowhere you fire a respected GM on a Sunday afternoon hours before a game in the middle of an already lost season. That's what happens when ownership arrives on the scene offering lame half-baked explanations for the curious decisions like, quote, we're just not getting it done. And this terrific insight, quote, we haven't been winning. Or this, quote, it was nothing specific. Ah, well, now (laughs) it all makes sense. Or not. Uh, Tom Fitzgerald will be promoted to interim GM and our old friend Mark Hambro door blues legend uh steps into a hockey operations advisory role um they've said that there's no chance he's the future gm which means there's a pretty certain that he's the future gm uh i don't hate like if you don't want to set your future up with ratio fine you know if, Mm -hmm. if you're if you come to the point even more so than the coach to me if you're a losing team like if you come to a point where you're convinced that the gm's the wrong guy you need him gone because, you know, especially a month before the trade deadline when you're trying to define your future. But what what scares me here is that this ownership group, who I believe owned the 76ers, too, mm-hmm. and so they orchestrated that whole trust the process thing over there. What scares me is that they're thinking they should win this season, which would be a tr- catastrophic mistake. Uh, and if that's why they're firing this guy, if it's like a, you know, a, um, a Chuck Fletcher who was Ron Hextall, uh, the Flyers fired him, right? Cause mm-hmm. they were like tired of biding their time. Yeah. Uh, if that's why, then uh, I sure don't understand that. Um, any thoughts on the ratio firing? I mean, it's not a lot more to say really, but no, he did a fine job when he was in Philadelphia early on in the late 2000s mm-hmm. and they got rid of him as well. I think he is a guy that can help a sort of established team get better with trades, but he never struck me as a guy that 
was great at rebuilding. Doesn't seem to be a great drafter or developer. Mm-hmm. Like I can't think of any guys other than like Keisher and Hall and uh, Hughes who were first overall picks who have like really come in and helped them. Mm-hmm. Will Butcher, but he was like a college free agent. Yeah, I don't the... think he was like necessarily like the high draft pick or something. Yeah, they and he was a college free own. agent from Colorado, yeah. right? Because they did the Kerfoot Butcher swap, mm. but not a swap. They just happened to go opposite yeah. um yeah I, I mean we can move on it's just it's weird i think the the big bigger weird call is the vegas golden knights unexpectedly firing head coach gerard gallant uh this was one of those that was so sudden and so out of nowhere the way this season's been going that you thought it was at best like a jim montgomery thing like, yeah i thought oh, something bad he crossed the line mm. but uh no it appears to have just been a hockey operations call uh, Gerard Gallant, the former Panthers coach, is fired and replaced by Peter DeBoer, the former Panthers coach, who himself was fired and replaced by Bob Boofner, the former Panthers coach <laughs> in San Jose, who lost the Panthers job to the current Panthers coach, Joel Quinville. Um, this was a bad decision. I would agree. Usually I'll say with a team... Even what I just said with the Devils. Like, I'm pretty convinced that the timing for the Devils was a bad decision. But I'm willing to say, we'll see how it goes. I'm not willing to say that with the Vegas Golden Knights. I, of course, my longstanding hatred for Peter DeBoer is well established. (laughs) And that's a real shame that he takes over a franchise that I really liked. Uh, You know, I think a lot of St. Louisans have a lot of warm feelings towards the Knights for whatever reason. And... You know, I'm not a big fan of the people saying, well, they're my second team because you can't have a second team. But, um, (laughs) but, you know, I mean, you can have an affinity for teams that aren't the Blues, and I generally did for the Knights, too. But leaving the DeBoer thing out of it, Gallant coached an expansion team to the Stanley Cup final. Mm -hmm. His players apparently loved him. I mean, it certainly didn't seem to be a situation where his players were giving up on him. Uh, He was 118-75-20 as their head coach. He won the Jack Adams his first year with him. And yes, they were kind of not as good as they could have been this season. They've been pretty meh. But they were also three points from the lead in the Pacific Division because it's the Pacific Division. Right? So, like... When was he fired? What day? Thursday, I think. Let me look it up. No, it must have been Tuesday. Because it was before... Uh, yeah, it was it was Wednesday or Tuesday. So they had, like, three... Wednesday. So they had, like, three losses in a row before uh-huh. that. And that... And that did they did have it? a game on Wednesday? They had a game, is that the 14th? No, 14th yeah. Tuesday. No, yeah. They had a game Tuesday, so it yeah. was after that. Okay. okay, so they had four losses in a row. 4-3 loss to Pittsburgh, 5-2 loss to LA. That kind of sucks. A 3 loss to Columbus, then 4-2 to Buffalo. You know when you say it like that and those <laughs> teams, it does kind of... Yeah, but that's that not great. But so short Oh, no, no, I get it. I'm just saying, like, I understand that if they were already thinking, I don't know if we want to keep them around, you, that happens. You Okay, we'll, we'll boot them yeah. now. And the only other thing I can think of is maybe they just love Peter DeBoer? Maybe. I believe that more than I believe Nashville goes, we just love John Hines. Oh, yeah. Like, I at least believe Peter DeBoer has enough work in the NHL and has brought the, what, the New Jersey Devils to the Uh Stanley Cup in 2012? Uh Like, that 
there like we see something and we like him and we're afraid with so many people firing their coach we need to have him but again is the Shiro firing before the Gallant firing because maybe yeah. New Jersey wanted to bring back Peter DeVore I don't oh know. god they had to play their cards quick so Gerard Gallant's available so Here's how come how come Bruce Boudreaux hasn't been fired yet yeah because I'd be like Get me Gerard Gallant. So, the, the, I think one of the things this is evidence of, if nothing else, is the, um, the what I'll call Baruby derangement syndrome. Uh, and just that, you know. <laughs> I like to believe people thought they missed the mark. <laughs> oh, shit. That was supposed to be a couple weeks ago. Ah, oh, fuck. We fire him quick. We missed it. We missed the uh, deadline. But, you know, like, Baruby's now, like, right, and I mean right, like, one or two slots below the mo- middle most tenured coach in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, because. You know, there's been a huge rash of goalie fire or of coach firings, which is impressive because there were a number of fired before him last season. Uh, so, you know, when Jeremy Colleton gets fired at the end of the year, he'll move up the list. Not that Jeremy Colleton is definitely going to get fired at the end of the year, but. Um, oh, get Gerard Gallant. I mean, that yeah, makes like, me upset. That's the thing but is, like, like some of these coaches that have been fired are certainly going to get other jobs. Peter Laviolette. Pretty Laviolette's a lock. Mike Babcock. Listen, I know we had the Mitch Marner thing, but somebody's going to hire Mike Babcock. Uh, Gerard Gallant, for sure. Mm. I mean, as much as like the NHL is a coaching wheel anyway, and you can't take chances on new guys, like you shouldn't with those three guys out there. Like mm-hmm. that, I'd be like, like if if the if the Blues were hiring a coach right now, I'd want them to look at those three guys before they looked at. Mm-hmm. the head coach of Amherst or whoever, you know, like, so it's just, I don't know, it's just bizarre to me. And it'll be interesting to see where all these guys shake out. And I think next year will be a very fun year of like, wait, who's their head coach? <laughs> what? Cause there will be like three or four new ones, but then everybody else will have just done like a, you know, a carousel. And it is very confusing. I'm already confused. I keep reading Quinville's down it's, in Florida. It's so bizarre to me, though, to fire your head coach and replace him with your arch rivals fired head coach. And I would, as much as I don't particularly like the Sharks franchise and I do like Gerard Gallant, I would pay some of my own money for them to just straight up hire Gallant and just do the old switcheroo <laughs> and just because that feud is already a bloodbath. You remember those first two games this season? Mm-hmm. Those were like a ton of fun so i would just just do it do the coachy switcheroo and see where you go from here coachy coachy switcheroo switcheroo because i'm all for it i say we need more blood feuds in the nhl and we need more nonsense Mm -hmm. your thoughts more dark curses (laughs) more sending coaches to the shadow realm (laughs) what uh what Oh card which will be a very appropriate transition here in a moment, would you use to send people to the Shadow Realm? Now, see, I'd use, people might say, Blue, blue Eyes White Dragon, but uh-huh. that's the easy one. You'd want to go uh, Red Eyes Black Dragon. Ooh, yeah, you do. You always do. Of course you do. Very well said. Uh, so, folks, we uh, have a, a long-standing tradition, like all of our segments. We've done it <laughs> before and forgot about it, of uh, opening hockey cards on this show here uh so the rest of this podcast i thought our we'd have less to talk about this mm, week never happens don't <laughs> never happens but uh we're gonna do this anyway on or off the mic so we might as well do some of it on the mic. Yeah. uh but um for anyone that's like uh 
just wants information, you can sign Get out of here. <laughs> It'll be ridiculous after this. They point. signed out about an hour That's ago. <laughs> but uh, for uh, the rest of you who want to stick around and get uh, trading card a- DSMR. Ooh, ooh, ASMR. ASMR. Ooh. Um, I, love, I love packs of cards. <laughs> I is, have. Is this what being addicted to drugs is oh like? Oh my god, it feels the, good. Sorry, real quick aside. The first time I ever played Rocket League, I played it for like six straight hours, and that is what <laughs> I said to my friend. I'm like, is this what drugs are like? Because I have like a smile on my face that I can't take off, uh-huh. and I never want to stop. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about uh, trading cards now. I've gotten very into them in the last year, and one of the cool things about uh, Upper Decks trading cards—they're the you know main provider of hockey cards is that they have a very, very simple base set. And uh, this is just for, you know, nerdy people like me who yeah. care to know, but, like, the uh, upper deck base set of what you chase in their set, whereas in other sets you might chase, you know, uh, autographs or whatever, parallels. They just have the rookie cards, which are called Young Guns. Uh, and there's a class of, you know, 50 or whoever every year, and that's, like, the most collectible card for any player you know you can have better cards for Mm -hmm. them but that's like where you start Mm. uh and so it's always fun their base set to just buy boxes and collect the rookies and then the card stock's always nice the photos are always nice so our tradition here is to just you know talk about the players see who wins the cards um Ian's ready. Ian's hyped. I've looked too close. Uh, <laughs> I've stared close to the sun. Okay. Uh, I've got a Mark Stall here, so why don't you go ahead and take that? <laughs> well, I got Franz Nielsen. Ooh, I don't know. That's, that's a hard... That's a parlay, I feel like. <laughs> uh, I got a Nick Ritchie next. Who you got? Uh, oh, I was like, Dougie Hamilton played for the Stars, <laughs> but it's, a, it's them wearing the Whalers. I got to get me one of those jerseys, man. That's hot. Those are hot. Those are really nice. Uh, my next one is a uh, a um, Austin Matthews, Johnny Goudreau, Shaq West. What? I don't like that. <laughs> uh, I have Nikolai Ehlers in their crappy Oreo ooh, colored those jerseys. Are bad. Those are ooh, those are bad. Tory Krug is my next guy. Tory Krug needs to sign a contract, doesn't he? And it's I, not going to be with the Bruins, it sounds I like. I have a Jonathan Taves energy card. Oh, baby. I've got a uh, Jonathan Drouin energy card. How many you got left in your set? I feel like I may have skipped ahead of you. Four? Yep. So uh, that's my energy for your energy. Oh, because you have the checklist. Yeah, so yeah I, I guess so. that doesn't count. So go ahead and do your next one. I've got John Klingberg. <laughs> Uh, I've got Brad Richardson. So what? What's uh, what's going on with Brad Richardson there? Oh, Brad. Okay, I was thinking like Mike Richardson. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, he's trying to kick the puck. This is distinct kicking motion. Well, that's right. <laughs> Mike Richards, who the Kings are going to be paying until we're like in our mid forties, mm-hmm. and so dead. <laughs> oh, but Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, he's pretty good. Nice to the Blues. I got a Jared Spurgeon here. You're. Year I like Spurgeon. how we're not currently determining. No, we're just, we're just tossing them. That's fine. We'll figure it out. Or we won't. Yeah, whatever. They'll stay on the table. Tyler Bertuzzi. Cousin of? Grandfather of Todd Bertuzzi. <laughs> the grandfather, yes. Uh, I've got another celebrated Red Wing, Mike Green. Man, I've got... Oh, I thought it was a Red Wing jersey, but it's not. It's Brett Pesci. Ooh, he's pretty good. He is. Brett Pesci's pretty good. That defense over there is stacked. 
I checked in on our boy Joel Edmondson with our friend Matt oh, yeah. Cosman, who's been on the podcast before. Let me pull up Matt's comments here. He says... Trash. <laughs> he says, he looks great. Locker room seems to love him, too. Love is great. He's playing on the top pairing with Jacob Slavin right now, so that's something. Ha ha. Uh, Dougie <laughs> Hamilton, as we mentioned, hurt. Devastatingly injured. Hurt. Uh, so, you know, that sucks for him. But uh, good good for Edmondson, because he'll get more of a chance. Mm-hmm. My pack opens with Erratic Foxa. Hmm. What does the fox listen? <laughs> I have Dominic Simone in a in the interesting like third. Yeah, jersey. I can't decide on Did that. Did you see they do the weird like print on the side now of their helmet on their third jersey? Kind of like a like a football helmet. And uh, I don't know. Like nice a, nice try. Nice try. That's gonna cost you, but it's not gonna cost you as much as Brent Seabrook's getting paid. Ooh, what about Kasperi Kapanen straight up for Gorgiev, Georgiev, Gorgiev, Georgiev. Is that a trade that's, that's gonna happen? That's the thing that they said should happen, and then everyone in Leafs Nation said that's impossible. Oh, okay. But the Rangers say that's what we want, deal or no deal, and then Leafs say no deal, and Rangers say okay, we don't care, and the Leafs whine that that's how much they're asking God, for. I fucking hate that <laughs> fan base. I have no strong feelings Ooh. about Cody Eakin though. What about Seth Jones? Oh, he's pretty good, huh? He's an all right kid. I got a Nikita Kucherov, or as I was uh, editing a Hockey Writers article today, someone called him Nikolai Kucherov. <laughs> Do you like those those uh, black Nikolai Javi Kucherov? They're growing on me a little bit. Right. I don't think I like. I them. like the thunderbolt down the but side yeah, of the pants. It's also more lightningy than blue. You yeah. Know? What about Chris Tierney for the Senators? Oh, he's so good. I have a uh, Jonathan Huberdo upper deck canvas card. Those are cool. Whoa. You ever handled one of those? Ever, ever, <laughs> you ever gotten your paws on one? You have a see-through card yeah, right I have there? Oliver Bjorkstrand oh, see-through baby. card. Oh, baby. Those are pretty rare. That's Those are like one in a hundred packs or something. That's pretty cool. I got a Bo Horvat one I really like. Is Oliver Bjorkstrand a player? Uh, he's a plur. I don't know if he's a plur. Good plur. He's pretty cool. Uh, I've got, uh, Evander Kane here. I'm gonna send him right to the penalty box. Uh, Zdeno Chara, who's very old. He is, in fact, uh, born in 1977. How many points do you think Brendan Dillon had in 2018-19? Um, 36. 22. Oh, wow. How many points do you think Brendan Dillon had in 2017-18? Uh, 30. 22. <laughs> oh, damn it. I got closer. Uh, Max Domi. Max Domi is a, no, as a half. That makes sense. That's what yeah. he is. <laughs> what okay. Uh, my last one's Duncan Keith. I had the, the duo in that. Oh, one. yeah. And I've got Corey Crawford to back him up. Oh, the people hate the ASMR. <laughs> fucking can't uh, stand it. I wonder what, like, other noises that sounds like. No other noise. No other noises. God, you know, I always said when I had disposable income, and I kind of do now, that I would get back into like playing card games uh-huh. because I'm a huge dork. <laughs> but I also can't do that because who would I play with? A stranger? No, thank you. Oh, that's right. You're not going to like a place. A place where I might be the more social, like, socially... Might be. Okay, might be. okay, sorry. Where I am the more socially <laughs> equipped person. Yeah. That just makes me feel even more awkward That's when disturbing. I'm like, ugh. 
Hello, other people. <laughs> Hello, fellow nerds. Yeah. There, you can put your trash in there. I got my first young gun in here. It's a disappointment. Oh. <laughs> uh, Jake Muzzin up here on top. Oh, yeah. I've got Brent Burns. I got a uh, Patrick Hornfeast. Oh, what's, what's, what's becoming a Patrick? <laughs> You've been hurt a lot this year. Thomas Tatar. How about some Darren Helm? Darren Helm. Oh, did you put your young gun in the back? Oh, no, I got it. I can put it on. Josh Anderson. This J- is totally good. Petri dish. Dylan Strom, the lesser of the Strom. Ooh, yeah, he sucks. He sucks real bad. Uh, Tom Wilson. Ooh, hey, I've got his, co- his co-worker. I've got his co-worker, right-winger TJ Oshie is shooting a star. Ooh, they're shooting then. stars cars. They're cool. Uh, after he and his teammates were honored at home during a pregame ceremony for winning the Stanley Cup in 2018, Oshie scored his first goal of 2018-19 just 14 or 24 seconds in the new season. His goal was the game winner in Washington 7-0 defeat of Boston October 3rd. Washington, you're doing God's work. <laughs> uh, here's a player. You guess, guess who this is by the biography. Picked in the first round of the 2017 NHL draft. Blank in his rookie season contributed in both the 2018-19 regular season and in his team's run to the 2019 Stanley Cup title. It's an elite player. It's oh, Robert Thomas. Oh, nice. Oh, damn. That's so weird to me. I still think no one would know of him, even the people that mm-hmm. know hockey and make cards. Isn't it weird, though? Because there's like only, I think each team has like five players in the set. Mm. Oh, so really? isn't it kind of weird that he's one of the five? Good for him. That's Maybe cool. it's more than that. It must be. I got Mark Stone, who I forget is a Vegas Golden Knight. That's right. Uh, I've got John Gabriel Pacho, who, by the way, if if the boys are going to make a trade, yeah. there's a guy I wouldn't mind having. Oh, I was like, is that against the Blues? No, it is raining out. Uh, Alexander cool. Radulov. There'd be some cats and there'd be some Radulovs. Mm-hmm. And then also on this last thing, Noah Hannafin flames, but it's like, oh, I see. That's I was like the bottom's yellow, but that's just that's the just that's the, the board. boards. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I get that. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> and my uh, young gun is, uh, you you see the you see the Canuck, mm-hmm. you're thinking uh, maybe it's uh, Quinn Hughes. Uh, it's uh, it's Zach McEwen. So uh, who the I don't know is who that? the fuck that is, but. He exists, so... And if he breaks in, you know, you got a young gun card. That's right. <laughs> breaks in, breaks put out. put all the young guns in sleeves and cases, because you never know. You <laughs> never know, dad. You never know somebody. Alrighty. Uh, if you do want to put your fourth or fifth special card to the back, you can do that. I'm going to start here with... Uh, Blank scored a goal and had an assist to help the Blank defeat the Stars 4-3 to in Game 3 of their second-round series in the 2019 playoffs. It was his second career two-point effort in the NHL playoff contest. What? That's too many, too many words. He wants the cup. The Stanley Cup. So damn bad. There's your headline. Oh, I was going to be it's my guess. Tyler Bozak. Bozak. I got Thomas Shabbat. Hot Sambacho. I've got Leo, dear God, how old is he, Komarov? He's from, wait, wait just a fucking second. (laughs) He's from Estonia? Yeah, of course he is. (laughs) No, you did not know that before right this time. I didn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you today, but I did hear that. Look at how old he looks for a man who's from 1937. 
Yeah, he's. It very looks old. like he traveled here from 1987, but was already a fully grown man. Well, looks like he hasn't slept in ten years. That's right. Uh, Daniel Sprong, who used to be a player people talked about, but no longer do. Nolan Patrick in uh, the Flyers. Speaking of which. <laughs> outdoor jersey. Yeah, no kidding. Um, the Flyers make the opposite mistake, where all their jersey decisions are very safe and dull. See, these are the ones that the they wore against the uh, Penguins one, the one that yeah, I had that's Simone. Yeah, uh, Braden Holtby, who will be where next year, Stephen? Ooh, um, San Jose can't afford him. Mm-hmm. That'd be their kind of mistake, though. Uh, I'm gonna say Detroit takes the run. Woof. I'm gonna say Detroit convinces themselves they're closer than they are, <laughs> and just goes, "Yeah, we'll take Braden Holtby." Mm-hmm. Who do you think? I don't think he's a capital. I do think he's not a capital. Who did the? Who do the um, Hurricane have in net right now? Ooh, get some of that rivalry action. Yeah, They've be got like, the we'll Morazic, take it. Whichever of the forgettable former Leafs. Oh, Rhymer. Rhymer, like that's ha- that's working. But I, you that's could you could not, run you could you working. could run a Morazic. Imagine putting Holtby. that defense in front of a good goal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hasn't Morazic backed up Holtby before? Isn't that where, or was he never? No, he was a he was a red one. He was a flyer and a red one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, speaking of former uh, the Braden Holtby backups, here's Philip Grubauer. <laughs> Boo! Hey, he's good. He's on my fantasy. We got an energy Brent Burns. More Brent Burns. All Brent Burns all the time. That's right. I'm here for uh, the Kyle Turris references. Kyle Turris getting paid too much by, uh, well, it's not Peter Laviolette's problem anymore. <laughs> I've got Victor Arvidsson, his teammate, who is fine. Uh-huh. Uh, speaking of uh, fine, there's Jacob Silverberg, the NHL's embodiment of fine. I was going to say, speaking of not fine, Louis Erickson. Oh, he used to be so underrated now. So bad. Yeah. Uh, speaking of references. We hate it when our friends become successful. Josh Morrissey, baby, in the house. Here's the person. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about Josh Morrissey, kids. I... I have no opinion on Josh Morrissey, right? Here's a in story. The, in the abstract, <laughs> I have no opinion on him. But uh, we've, he's become a meme on this here podcast that we're listening, that we're recording right now. And uh, because of that, I've got kind of a soft spot for him, right? So on New Year's Eve, because I hate New Year's Eve, Ian uh, just collected all his uh, packages and very summarily dunked them into the trash can, but missed it by All of them. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so on New Year's Eve, I don't like New Year's Eve. That's a different story. I'm sitting at home, and I'm on eBay, and I'm like, I'll buy a Josh Morrissey Young Gun card, right? So I buy it, and I look at the clock, and it's 11.59. And I'm like, that is not how my decade ends. So I race, and I panic buy a Vince Dunn Young Guns card, (laughs) and that's how my decade ended. Uh, I did not buy, but I may have a Miro Haskin and Young Gun card, and his canvas is my final card of this pack. Ooh. Where are you at? I have Hampus Lindholm and Darnell Nurse. Oh, oh, that's a shame. Well, you want to do one more pack on air? Let's do one more. This is the lucky one. Yeah. This that's... one's going to have my holographic blast noise. <laughs> I can feel it. It's in the set. <laughs> it does have, a, a does have guns on his guns. back. There we go, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I can already tell I got an energy card in here. <laughs> 
<laughs> let's read a, let's read another bio, shall we? This isn't a blue. Uh, signed as a free agent but on uh, May 1st, 2018, he made his return to the NHL in 2018-19. He played in four games in the league in 2010-11, and he posted 25 victories with four shutouts. Who is this player? Nikolai Havibulin. We've referenced him on this podcast already. It is Miko Koskinen. Oh, what? He played in the NHL in... 2010-11? Yep, 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 he played here for a hot second. How old is he? Old. Not even that old. Weird. Uh, David Perron and his sweet uh, heritage sweater. Mm. Dope, dope, dope. I've got a Nick Bonino. I'm collecting all of their underwhelming centers. <laughs> what about Nick Vetrano? I hope you're separating all the Blues cards because you can take those home. Oh, as yeah, I am. As your prize. Uh, <laughs> for being such a good co-host today. I got a Tomas Hurdle. Oh, nice. Uh, Anthony Sorelli. Mm, he's having a pretty good year, yeah? He involves an Anthony Sorelli. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of animal is he? Uh, oh no, he's he's just embodied celery. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just celery with eyes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and the uh, the cerealy is like a tree somehow. Yeah, but like still a celery tree. Also, like an angry ghost celery. I was a, tree. I was gonna say the typing not grass ground dark. Oh <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, well, he is a root plant. You know? I don't know if you can tell. Michael Kempney is my next. Sam Reinhardt, who I forgot all about. Speaking of sweet heritage jerseys, here's Alex Petrangelo, who scored the game-winning goal. Oh, they've only got Stanley Cup facts for the boys, which I guess is fine. Uh, and had an assist to help St. Louis claim its first Stanley Cup championship. Good work, Alex. Nice. Jesper Fast. He's Jesper Slow. Keith Yandel, Yandel, Yandel uh, is uh, my next card. Philip Forsberg, looking like he has no neck. Philip Fivesberg, he's going to be. Uh, it's bent in the corner, which is upsetting, but it's Matt Calvert. Which, so it's not really upsetting because it's, it's Matt Calvert, so who cares? But I think, uh, as correspondent Jordan is trying to complete his set and keeps hmm. missing on Matt Calvert, so I'll sleeve this one for him. I got two good ones. I got Oscar Lindblom. Oscar, Oscar Strong. No, no kidding. I mean, not yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that it gets sucks. Well. And then I'm one young guns card for Victor Olafson. Hey, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. Not Turn so bad. that frown upside down. <laughs> Here, let me put that bad boy in a sleep. Uh, and my final card, uh, ironic juxtaposition of terms because it's a, a John Tavares energy card and he has none. <laughs> he is a wet fish. Uh, Tavares in his first season playing for the team he grew up cheering for, skated in all 82 games and led the Maple Leafs with a career high 47 goals in 2018-19. He finished third in assists with 41 and second in points with 88, which were also a career best. Folks, that'll do it for us, I guess. We're going to keep opening cards. Maybe we'll post our results to uh, Instagram, if I remember. So we won't. <laughs> we'll get <laughs> They will not be there. Uh, but uh, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for uh, sticking around. I've got a friend request on Facebook from a Hunter Hyos, who's not at all fake. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you how this uh, catfishing journey ends. So <laughs> oh, until boy. next time, I don't well, We haven't discussed recording schedule with the All-Star break. I guess we'll do an episode at some point. Yeah. But uh, we'll tell you when that is on the old Twitter device. Uh, but until then, uh, au revoir. Good night. <laughs>